With WandaVision over, it's time to take a look back on this wild ride. Adventures, join us for an all-new episode. Greetings, adventurer, and welcome to the Surly Nerf. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the show. We are the Surly Nerd, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hi. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. And this week on the show after the news, we're going to be talking about all things WandaVision, so stick around for that. But before we start, don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash thesurlynerd, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. We have an upcoming mini-episode on the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I promise you the script is almost done. Like it's it's like close, but like Writing but, is hard, guys. but like seriously, there's a lot to talk about, yeah. and I'm really hyped to get around to recording it. And I keep calling it a mini episode, but at this point, it's going to be anything but that. Yeah, let's not forget the uh, the the what was it? It's a hot button reviews or whatever his name is. I'll, I'll find out before the end of the show. I think his review is like four and a half hours long. So I'm watching a yeah. lot of other people's videos. We're, we're, I'm, okay, I'm, we're definitely going under four hours. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm watching a lot of other people's videos. Just just to make mental notes, and mm-hmm. I'm there's a lot of research that's actually going into this. I'm diving a lot into Crisis Core because mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite Final Fantasy games. So we can you're talk just about doing that. that for fun. I mean, I'm really just doing that for fun because <laughs> um, Crisis Core is such a great game. Okay, with all that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, adventurers of all ages, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. All right, this is the prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Uh, Tony, you have notes this week, don't you? Yes, because last week I couldn't remember what the fuck I did, which <laughs> there's like a hundred things I could have talked about. I just, you know, my memory's a bit shit, so writing things down helps. Okay? All right, so let's um, do it. Yeah, I watched Pacific Rim The Black mm-hmm. twice. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That good? Um, that, is a dedi- well, that is dedication. Well, once, once just like to enjoy it, and I didn't write down any notes, I was like, I'm just going to go in this. I'm just going to watch it, yep. just chunk through it. And I was like, okay, I've got an idea of what I, I, I like about it. And then uh, had a friend come over, and we sat down and wrote notes and talked about it so I could you know, work on the, the ideas. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah the mo- main point of this thing is it's just a pre- prequel to Evangelion, honestly. It's so it's oh my god. So you it's like in, you in watched... Evangelion, everyone just forgot what happened, and they're just like, yeah. well, I guess things are so, happening. So I mean, this, this I'm spoiling it because I know neither of y'all are gonna watch this, and most of our audience isn't either because it's Pacific Rim, and I'm like the only fucking person. That I love about Pacific it. Rim. I, I love Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim, but getting me to watch anime is a, such a hard sell. Oh, not me. This, I'm going to actually watch Pacific this Pacific Rim into anime. It took the cool robot versus kaiju fighting from the first movie mm-hmm. and took that lore and I guess lore from the second movie that I watched once and went that so awful my brain blacked out on yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to know anything yeah, about don't, the second movie. No, don't. Yeah, no, that's awful. Um, but I think that has to tie into the lore of the series because it takes place after this rebellious... Or, so they, there's a war that happened between the drones and the kaiju brains that infected the drones. You watched this and twice? Yeah. yeah. No, dude, I'm <laughs> having a, he's having a rough time describing yeah, it. No, I'm trying through. to explain the plot line of the entire fucking... There's oh, a well, whole you're trying to explain the plot of an anime. To, this, this is your problem. The backstory of a thing that makes no fucking sense. Which makes... My final point, or my, my final point, the overall point for this was... Mm-hmm. 
Hector, I think you're the only person I know that's watched this. A Boy and His Dog. I'll watch it. No, no, this no. movie. Oh, a Boy no, and His Dog. Of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, A Boy and His Dog is an Australian, very low-budget, post-apocalyptic movie about a puberty... He's like a 16-year-old boy, and his dog that is um, genetically enhanced and also has like robot parts or some shit, it's a really bad movie, okay? Right. So, so this is a... <laughs> and that dog wants to fuck everything. <laughs> oh, my God. This is an iteration <laughs> of the um, baby child big friend situation, much like The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have a little person and you have a thing protecting them, and yeah. this okay. is where the dynamic of the movie yeah. comes from. It's right? literally the plot of the movie is the kid walking across Australia wanting to fuck things. That, it's awful. Weird. But if you combine that and Avon Gillian, that's what you get. In fact, uh, I named the mo- the show uh, I put it up here. It's a, a boy and his dog eater because there's a the big robot kaiju thing. He eats tiny dog kaiju's, and yeah. Yeah, this is a hard yeah, sell yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, no, dude, know. it's fucking weird as shit. I can, I, I'm literally trying to explain it, and it's just no. My yeah. notes make. It's no like sense. a bunch of like, like. There's a oh, there's a shot where I wish Abe Sapien was in there. And, <laughs> like so, uh, so all I'm getting from this is like a bunch of people who loved Pacific Rim, but also fucking, loved Evangelion and got really high and said, "Man, we should make a Pacific Rim show." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I hope they had fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, do you do anything else this week, Tommy? That seems like you took up a lot of your time. Uh, I mean, that that was definitely. Two days. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see. Maybe if I think of anything else, I'll okay. come back. Hector, what I think it was a good, a good um, time. <laughs> I played a lot of video games. That, that's basically yeah. been my jam the last week or so cool. since I got my card. Um, yeah, I, I've, I finished Control. Control was amazing. Play that game. Even if you don't have the best card in the world. You can get it right now on PlayStation 4. On PlayStation 5, you got it on PlayStation uh, Plus. Like, like it's just yours now. Like, oh, like, like, with your it? advice, I tried that. I can't play that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, <laughs> if, if you have an Xbox, you can play it there. And the reason yeah, I, I play it, that's because... Oh, sorry, I interrupted. That's you, what you're I fine. found out. Because you said, yes. I think last week, I, I can play it on Xbox. Correct, yeah. And I just need to remember to do that. Right, if you can play it on Xbox, if you can play it on PlayStation 4, still play it. I know that it's, you know, a game that it's very easy to go, oh, the game, you know, blows next-gen hardware up. It's a really beautiful-looking game. That's mm. the draw. That's the way I want to experience it. I would say... That this game is a thousand percent worthy of all of your attention if it looks like an indie game. Mm-hmm. Like this game is so the narrative functionally itself. amazing. The narrative, the world, the the lessons it teaches you, the the, the mysteries you solve and then become okay with not solving. Like mm-hmm. all of it is uh, it, it's a game for the ages, guys. It's it it's one of the ones you can't miss. It's a Death Stranding. Or a Kojima game, or I mean, I, I had some of the We're most really going to miss out if we don't. And play some this. of the most profound moments in gaming I've had for a long time playing this. So yeah, it, okay. it, it's up there. This game is sh- certainly flawed in places. It's not perfect, but it is kind of a masterpiece. So okay. play this. Game. You, um, timeline ETA for like number of hours. You think? I mean, forty. 
40 okay, 40 well. uh let's see what else that's, do I mean, that's play? Yeah. good price investment oh for um, sure and and like and like as you know you can get it on game pass and on playstation plus this month so nice. like, like like play just this game grab it i mean yeah. so i should go on playstation plus after this and just yeah. yeah 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 uh definitely so uh let's see after that i jumped straight into mordor because i was jealous of you playing yes. Mordor, shadow of war shadow of war yeah. i roped you into it my oh dude. i was playing so much shadow of war <laughs> i got to uh i started just like dominating captains and then i was like oh i remember when i played this game okay cool but the reason i loaded it up is because i remember it being like graphically really awesome and i mm -hmm. like cranked everything to max and i'm like whoa this game looks great it didn't look this good before mm -hmm. Um, then I jumped back into, again, I know, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. Well, you uh, got a new video card. So. I got a new video card. It's on PC. I've only ever played it on PlayStation 4, on a mm. stock PlayStation 4. Right. So now playing it in, you know, like on my monitor, and I'm, I'm running it at like 150 frames a second mm -hmm. with everything cranked up, and it is gorgeous and reactive and... Every bit of the game that I always loved it for. I really need to get more Horizon Zero Dawn stuff because it seems like that might have been my favorite PlayStation 4 game of the generation because wow. I played it like three times. That is pretty impressive. I yeah. think for me, mine would probably be Bloodborne, but yeah, like, that's fair. You know, the, the, all quality titles. Yeah. So now that I, I keep putting that's a game I keep putting off because I forget that it's now on PC. Yep. Mm -hmm. My brain's been that's a Sony PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. I'm never going to get to play that. And I. Until you bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can play that now. Yep, yeah. you absolutely can. I'll forget about it in 30 <laughs> minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Over on my side of the world, uh, I hit the epilogue of Shadow of War. So I've right uh, effectively completed it. Right. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of cleanup and just doing some for funsy things that I want to do. Uh, I'm probably going to pick up Persona 5 Strikers this weekend. Sweet. I think that's going to be my weekend activity. Mm -hmm. uh, I need I needed like a weekend to just veg and not... Yep. I need to de-stress hardcore. Yeah. And the one thing that makes me really calm is Persona. Like, recently, like, if I've had a stressful night, I can turn on, like, there's a YouTube compilation that's, like, Persona 5, five-hour rainy compilation mix of the music. Yep. And it's, like, super lo-fi. And I just turn that on, and I'm like, this is my happy place. This is good. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to probably pick up Persona 5 Strikers. Um, actually, one of the things that I did do this week, and I know this is old news for everybody, is... Um, Due to life circumstances, mm -hmm. I wasn't able to get around to finishing the Marvel Netflix shows. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm powering through that right now. Yeah. Uh, I finished Luke Cage Season 2. Uh, I finished Daredevil Season 3. Nice. I am now Iron Fist Season 2 or 3, or whatever the last one is. And now I'm in Punisher Season 2. Mm -hmm. um, all excellent shows. Mm -hmm. My honest opinion, I know this has been said probably a thousand times before, but if Iron Fist's is the worst of the Marvel Netflix shows. Mm -hmm. It's still a high bar. It is. It like, is. Those were all good shows. There was really good parts of Iron Fist that I did enjoy. There were parts that definitely drug ass. And there's definitely this commitment to like having 13 episodes that works to the detriment of the shows. Mm -hmm. um, but everything that I've been enjoying. The one question I actually had for the panel... Uh, I know that it's been a while since you guys have seen it. Do you guys have a favorite intro out of all of the various Netflix Marvel shows? Daredevil. Because they're all really good. They are all very good. It's Daredevil, though. You think it's Daredevil? A thousand percent. For me, like, yeah. It, it, like, okay. So, 
Luke Cage was great, and mm. Jessica Jones was really spot on, very oh. detective-y. Mm. Um, I do agree. Oh, I hated it. Oh, uh, Jessica uh, Jones was uh, the, the, so the bad. Iron Fist one, I, I didn't really. It's it, it's it, it's it's fine. It's the whole. Time it's like the I show. Like, it's like the show. It's like it's fine. The whole time I'm sitting here like the widest Asian. Like like yeah, like I can't with, with the music in that show because it's like none of this fits. Um. Uh, hell, even uh, The Punisher was good, but I remember it being short. Uh, so for me, I'm kind of torn between The Punisher and Daredevil mm-hmm. because like, they just have both have really solid intros. Yeah, I'm honestly having a hard time remembering The Punishers. Mm. Punishers so it's all, all the guns come Southern together. Southern Gothic sound. Oh, yeah, it's right, all Southern right. Gothic. Okay, so I'm, yeah. that's super what I'm into. So yeah. I was like, yeah, this is good. For me, like just this. the visuals... Of Daredevil and like the city, like bl- basically looks like it's bleeding, but it's really just like, like a liquid forming over an outline of the city. Yeah. And it's supposed to be how he sees things. Exactly. Yeah, it, you get a sense of how we. See. It, it communicates so much, uh, so well. Yeah. And yeah, I, the Daredevil one. Yeah, it was the first one, and yeah. they really. I, I will say the this. Uh, I say this recent. The the final season of The Punisher that I'm currently watching mm-hmm. is the first time watching a superhero show where I've had that kind of maybe I need to like take a break for an episode. Mm-hmm. Just because it's really heavy and it's, it's really heavy. good. But like I got I binged like four or five episodes back to back and I was like, okay, I need like a game show break or something. Because like <laughs> yeah. this is this well, is a lot. maybe that's the way Punisher is supposed right. to be. And that is absolutely how he's supposed to be a little bit too not superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is a distinction that I had to make. I had this discussion with Tony outside the show is that I had to get myself into a different mindset to go watch The Punisher mm-hmm. because when I watched the original season of The Punisher, that particular icon wasn't be in use the way that it is now. Right. Um, and so it took me a minute to get my brain to remember this is a comic book show, James. Mm-hmm. Idiots are using the icon for the wrong reasons. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy The Punisher. Yeah. Uh, and it took me about an episode, but that first episode of season two is just so fantastic that I just, I lost all track of reality. I was like, holy fucking shit, how is this so good? Yeah. One mm-hmm. of the things I do want to bring good. up as I, as I wind this whole thing down is one of the things that I've noticed is The Punisher, at least as far as I am in season two, mm-hmm. actually doesn't use a whole lot of violence. When it does, it's very graphic and poignant, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of quiet time in the punisher yes there's a lot of introspection in the show mm-hmm. and i think that that's what makes well, the vi- villains a character that barely ever speaks there's going to be a lot of quiet <laughs> right well, I, I i attribute that mostly to so we got this scene in the second season of daredevil where he is talking to the punisher in i think like a graveyard and this is like after the whole rooftop scene and mm-hmm. they're on the run and one of them was like kidnapped and they were both tortured together there's this whole thing going on and they've basically like like john barenthal's just like confessing his balls off right into daredevil's face and it's they trauma bond such an amazing it's some of the best acting i saw that year period mm-hmm. and it's such an amazing scene and it's a, a moment like after and away from all of the action that they that we had that second season of Daredevil with the Punisher also like mm-hmm. front and center, that I think they realized then that their actor, their Punisher, was like really really good at those moments, right? At being like at, at having his character just say very honest and direct shit mm-hmm. because they you know weren't didn't have any use for beating around the bush. Yeah. All right. That is uh, everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break and we come back. We'll be going into our news in the weekly raid. Prelude. 
All right, this is the prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Uh, Tony, you have notes this week, don't you? Yes, because last week I couldn't remember what the fuck I did. Which, <laughs> there's like a hundred things I could have talked about. I just, you know, my memory's a bit shit, so writing things down helps. Okay? All right, so let's um, do it. Yeah, I watched Pacific Rim The Black mm-hmm. twice. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That good? Um, that, is a dedi- well, that is dedication. Well, once, once just like to enjoy it, and I didn't write down any notes. I was like, I'm just going to go in this. I'm just going to watch it, yep. just chunk through. And I was like, okay, I've got an idea of what I, I, I like about it. And then uh, had a friend come over, and we sat down and wrote notes and talked about it so I could work on the ideas. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah the main point of this thing is it's just a pre- prequel to Evangelion, honestly. It's so <laughs> it's oh my god. So you it's like in, you in watched... Evangelion, everyone just forgot what happened, and they're just like, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess. Things are happening. So, I mean, this, I'm, this I'm spoiling it because I know neither of y'all are going to watch this and most of our audience isn't either because it's Pacific Rim and I'm like the only fucking person that I love Pacific it. Rim. I, I, I love Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim, but getting me to watch anime is a, such a hard sell. Oh, not me. This, I'm going to actually watch Pacific this eventually. Rim into anime. It took the cool robot versus kaiju fighting from the first movie mm-hmm. and took that lore and I guess lore from the second movie that I watched once and went that so awful my brain blacked out on yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to know anything yeah, about don't, the second movie. No, don't. Yeah, no, that's awful. Um, but I think that has to tie into the lore of the series because it takes place after this rebellious... Or, so they there's a war that happened between the drones and the kaiju brains that infected the drones. You watched this and twice? Yeah. yeah. No, dude, he's, having a, he's having a rough time describing yeah, it. No, I'm trying through. to explain the plot line of the entire fucking... There's oh, a well, you're trying to explain the plot of an anime. This is your problem. The backstory of a thing that makes no fucking sense. Which makes... My final point, or my, my final point, the overall point for this was... Mm-hmm. Hector, I think you're the only person I know that's watched this. A boy and his I'll dog. I'll watch it. No, no, this no. movie. Oh, a boy no, and his of dog. course. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a boy and his dog is an Australian, very low-budget, post-apocalyptic movie about a puberty... He's like a 16-year-old boy, and his dog that is um, genetically enhanced and also has like robot parts or some shit, it's a really bad movie, okay? Right. So, so this is a... <laughs> and that dog wants to fuck everything. <laughs> oh my god. This is an iteration of the um, baby child big friend situation, much like The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have a little person and you have a thing protecting them, and yeah. this is okay. where the dynamic of the movie yeah. comes from. It's right? literally the plot of the movie is the kid walking across Australia wanting to fuck things. That, it's awful. But if you combined sounds, that and Evangelion, that's what you get. In fact, uh, I named the mo- the show uh, I put it up here. It's a, a boy and his dog eater because there's a the big robot kaiju thing. He eats tiny dog kaiju's, and yeah, yeah. This is a hard yeah, sell yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, no, dude, know. it's fucking know. weird as shit. <laughs> I can. I, I'm literally trying to explain it, and it's just no. My yeah. notes make. It's no like sense. a bunch of like, like. There's a oh, there's a shot where I wish Abe Sapien was in there. <laughs> like so, uh, so all I'm getting from this is like a bunch of people who loved Pacific Rim, but also fucking... loved Evangelion and got really high and said, "Man, we should make a Pacific Rim show." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I hope they had fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, do you do anything else this week, Tommy? That seems like you took up a lot of your time. Uh, I mean, that that was definitely two days. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see. Maybe if I think of anything else, I'll 
Okay. Come back. I, played, I think that was a good, good, um, good time. <laughs> I played a lot of video games. That, that's basically yeah. been my jam the last week or so cool. since I got my card. Um, yeah, I, I've, I finished Control. Control was amazing. Play that game. Even if you don't have the best card in the world. You can get it right now on PlayStation 4. On PlayStation 5, you got it on PlayStation uh, Plus. Like, like it's just yours now. Like, oh, like, like, with your it? advice, I tried mm. that. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 if you tried. have an Xbox, you can play it there. And the reason yeah, I play, that's because oh, sorry, I interrupted. That's you, what you're I fine. found out because you said yes. I think last week I, I can play it on Xbox. Correct. Yeah, and I just need to remember to do that. Right. If you can play it on Xbox, if you can play it on PlayStation Four, still play it. I know that it's you know a game that it's very easy to go. Oh, the game you know blows next gen hardware up. It's a really beautiful looking game. That's mm. the draw. That's the way I want to experience it. I would say. That this game is a thousand percent worthy of all of your attention if it looks like an indie game. Hmm. Like this game is so the narrative functionally itself. amazing. The narrative, the world, the the lessons it teaches you, the the, the mysteries you solve and then become okay with not solving. Like hmm. all of it is, uh, it, it's a game for the ages, guys. It's it it's one of the ones you can't miss. It's a Death Stranding. Or a Kojima game, or I mean, I, I had some of the We're most. We're really gonna fun miss out if we don't. And play some this. of the most profound moments in gaming I've had for a long time playing this. So yeah, it, okay. it, it's up there. This game is sh- certainly flawed in places. It's not perfect, but it is kind of a masterpiece. So okay. play this. Can game. You, um, timeline ETA for like number of hours? You think? I mean, Forty. 40? Okay, 40. Well. Uh, let's see. What else? That's, I mean, that's a yeah. good price investment. Oh, for um, sure. And and like, and like as you know, you can get it on Game Pass and on PlayStation Plus this month. So nice. like, like, like play just this game. Grab it. I mean, yeah. so I should go on PlayStation Plus after this and just get Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. So uh, let's see. After that, I jumped straight into Mordor because I was jealous of you playing yes. Mordor. Shadow of War. Shadow of War. Yeah. I roped you into it. My oh, dude. I was playing so much Shadow of War. <laughs> I got to... Uh, I started just like dominating captains and then i was like oh i remember when i played this game okay cool but the reason i loaded it up is because i remember it being like graphically really awesome and i Mm -hmm. like cranked everything to max and i'm like whoa this game looks great it didn't look this good before Mm -hmm. um then i jumped back into again i know uh horizon zero dawn Mm -hmm. Well, you got a new video card. I got a new video card. It's on PC. I've only ever played it on PlayStation 4, on a Mm. stock PlayStation 4. Right. So now playing it in, you know, like on my monitor, and and, I'm running it at like 150 frames a second Mm -hmm. with everything cranked up, and it is gorgeous and reactive and every bit the game that I always loved it for. I really need to get more Horizon Zero Dawn stuff because... It seems like that might have been my favorite PlayStation 4 game of the generation because wow. I played it like three times. That is pretty impressive. I yeah. think for me, mine would probably be Bloodborne, but yeah, like, that's fair. You know, the, the, all quality titles. Yeah. So now that I, I keep putting that's a game I keep putting off because I forget that it's now on PC. Yep. Mm-hmm. My brain's been that's a Sony PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. I'm never going to get to play that, and I until you bring it up, I'm like, oh yeah, I can play that now. Yep, yeah. You absolutely and I, can. It, I'll forget about it in 30 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Over on my side of the world, uh, I hit the epilogue of Shadow of War. So I've ascend- right uh, effectively completed it. Right. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of cleanup and just doing some for funsy things that I want to do. Uh, I'm probably going to pick up Persona 5 Strikers this weekend. Sweet. I think that's going to be my weekend activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need I needed like a weekend to just veg and not... Yep. I need to de-stress hardcore. Yeah. And the one thing that makes me really calm is Persona. Like, recently, like, if I've had a stressful night, I can turn on, like, there's a... 
YouTube compilation that's like Persona 5 five hour rainy compilation mix of the music. Yep. And it's like super lo-fi. And I just turn that on and I'm like, this is my happy place. This is good. Um, so yeah, I'm going to probably pick up Persona 5 Strikers. Um, actually, one of the things that I did do this week, and I know this is old news for everybody, is um, due to life circumstances, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to get around to finishing the Marvel Netflix shows. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm powering through that right now yeah. uh i finished luke cage season two uh i finished daredevil season three nice i am now a iron fist season two or three or whatever the last one is and now i'm in punisher season two mm-hmm. um all excellent shows mm-hmm. my honest opinion i know this has been said probably a thousand times before but if iron fists is the worst of the marvel netflix shows mm-hmm. It's still a high bar. It is. It like, is. Those were all good shows. There was really good parts of Iron Fist that I did enjoy. There were parts that definitely drug ass. And there's definitely this commitment to like having 13 episodes that works to the detriment of the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything that I've been enjoying. The one question I actually had for the panel, uh, I know that it's been a while since you guys have seen it. Do you guys have a favorite intro out of all of the various Netflix Marvel shows? Daredevil. Because they're all really good. They are all very good. It's Daredevil, though. You think it's Daredevil handling? thousand percent. For me, like, yeah. Like, okay. So Luke Cage was great. And Mm. Jessica Jones was really spot on. Very detective-y. I Um, do agree. Oh, I hated it. Oh, uh, Jessica uh, Jones was so bad. Iron Fist one, I I didn't really. It's it's, it's fine. It's it's like the show. It's like the show. It's it's fine. The whole time I'm sitting here like, the widest Asian. (laughs) Like, like, yeah. Like, I can't with with the music in that show because it's like none of this fits. Um. Uh, hell, even uh, The Punisher was good, but I remember it being short. Uh, so for me, I'm kind of torn between The Punisher and Daredevil mm-hmm. because like, they just have both have really solid intros. Yeah, I'm honestly having a hard time remembering The Punishers. Mm. So Punishers it's over, all the guns come Southern together. Southern Gothic sounds. Oh, yeah, it's all right, Southern right. Gothic. Okay, so I'm, yeah. that's super what I'm into. So yeah. I was like, yeah, this is good. For me, like just this. the visuals... Of Daredevil and like the city, like bl- basically looks like it's bleeding, but it's really just like, like a liquid forming over an outline of the city. Yeah. And it's supposed to be how he sees things. Exactly. Yeah, it, you get a sense of how we. See. It, it communicates so much, uh, so well. Yeah. And yeah, I, the Daredevil one. Yeah, it was the first one, and yeah. they really. I, I will say the this. Uh, I say this recent. The the final season of The Punisher that I'm currently watching mm-hmm. is the first time watching a superhero show where I've had that kind of maybe I need to like take a break for an episode mm-hmm. just because it's really heavy and it's, it's really heavy. good. But like I got I binged like four or five episodes back to back and I was like, okay, I need like a game show break or something because like <laughs> yeah. this is this wow, is a maybe lot. that's the way Punisher is supposed right, to be. And that is absolutely how he's supposed to be a little bit. True, not superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is a distinction that I had to make. I had this discussion with Tony outside the show is that I had to get myself into a different mindset to go watch The Punisher. Mm-hmm. Because when I watched the original season of The Punisher, that particular icon wasn't be in use the way that it is now. Right. Um, and so it took me a minute to get my brain to remember this is a comic book show, James. Mm-hmm. Idiots are using the icon for the wrong reasons. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy The Punisher. Yeah. Uh, and it took me about an episode, but that first episode of season two is just so fantastic that I just, I lost all track of reality. I was like, holy fucking shit, how is this so good? Yeah. One mm-hmm. of the things I do want to bring okay. up as I, as I wind this whole thing down is one of the things that I've noticed is The Punisher, at least as far as I am in season two, mm-hmm. actually doesn't use a whole lot of violence. When it does, it's very graphic and poignant, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of quiet time in the punisher yes there's a lot of introspection in the show mm-hmm. and i think that that's what makes well, the vi- villains have 
character that barely ever speaks, there's going to be a lot of quiet. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I attribute that mostly to... So we got this scene in the second season of Daredevil where he is talking to the Punisher in, I think, like a graveyard. And this is like after the whole rooftop scene and mm-hmm. they're on the run and one of them was like kidnapped and they were both tortured together. There's this whole thing going on. And they've basically like... Like, John Barenthal's just, like, confessing his balls off right into Daredevil's face. And it's... They trauma bond. Such an amazing... It's some of the best acting I saw that year, period. Mm -hmm. And it's such an amazing scene, and it's a, a moment, like... After and away from all of the action that they that we had that second season of Daredevil with the Punisher also like mm-hmm. front and center, that I think they realized then that their actor, their Punisher, was like really really good at those moments, right? At being like at, at having his character just say very honest and direct shit mm-hmm. because they you know weren't didn't have any use for beating around the bush. Yeah. All right, that is uh, everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into our news in the Weekly Raid. Hey, adventurers, welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Radar News Roundup for the week. And kicking things off this week, if you're a Nightmare Before Christmas fan, then it's time to get excited. Sally is getting her own young adult novel. Mm. It's going to be written from her perspective, and it's going to be a coming-of-age story as she tries to navigate being the pumpkin queen of Halloween Town. Uh, it's being written right now, and they're expecting like a July 2020 release for it, but this is pretty Before cool. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds okay. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm into it, but well, like, let's just keep milking that cow to death. It's, Disney. It's, is, she, is she the pumpkin queen? Yeah, apparently she is now. I, I, I don't know how the monarchy in, I in don't pumpkin, know the, the pumpkin town works. There's, but, like, but this is encouraging. There's trees. Though. We go to dimensions. I don't I know. Yeah, no, no, I, I know Jack is the pumpkin. I, I, I don't know how any there's of There's a mayor, works. but there's a king. Right. I don't want to gatekeep the pumpkin let's, let's not, monarchy. Yeah, what I do want to say is that I know that it's easy for us as jaded, like, old hot topic shopping kids to, like, really sure. make fun of Nightmare Before Christmas. But this is supposed to be a very self-empowering. Uh, this is supposed to be a, mm-hmm. like, empowering book for kids that read it. That's the point yeah, of no, it. Yeah, cool. And, and, like, and I, I, I super it. hope it is. It, 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 yeah. You're right. We, we did grow up in a time where, like, Nightmare Before Christmas got just hyper-absorbed into goth culture, mm. which became very popular right around the time we were just old enough to loll at it. Yeah. So, you know, we basically grew up making fun of people, of, you know, adults wearing Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. But I, I gotta be honest, I still watch it like once a year. Yeah, you just get in that mood. Every so mm-hmm. often, yeah. It's like, and then much more further, Corpse Bride. <laughs> the chat wants to know if we would be surprised if Jack was dethroned after the original story. Uh, no, I, I, not at I all. I, I'm not sure what well, the bar for competency is over. in the pumpkin. I'm just saying I'm a werewolf. But like literally no one in that town is good at their job and they're all pretty uh, manic the about it. Was. <laughs> Oh, Even the man. people trying, the people trying to be bad, failed. Jack doesn't understand what ha- what Christmas is. It's much to everyone's detriment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the seven point five billion dollar purchase of Bethesda was completed this week. 
Um, it was announced that uh, as of probably the time this episode airs, mm-hmm. there will be 20 titles in the Bethesda library that will be added to Xbox Game Pass. Nice. Yeah. I wonder if that's just how much it cost them to add those games to Game Pass. <laughs> seven point, seven, think about that, man. $7.5 billion. I mean, to be fair, like when you say Bethesda... People think, that, oh, they just bought a company called Bethesda, but Bethesda owns. Yeah, it, it's a publisher. A it's a publisher shit. with sub, yeah, subdivisions, and yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. So like that, they're they're paying a lot of people salaries with that thing. Yeah, like a whole bunch. Um, yeah, uh, much to my infinite dismay, they did not immediately fire Todd Howard out of a cannon from the Microsoft oh, building yeah. onto a busy street. Uh, Hashtag it, it, disappoint. But you know that's. I don't think it's a bad move for Bethesda. I think it's a pretty good one. Yeah. I hope Microsoft kicks them into gear and makes them make some quality games that we've all known they were capable of for so long. They probably have been restricted. Because if there's one thing Microsoft knows is that if Sony Interactive Entertainment appears before a video game, you're in for, you Mm. know, a a bestseller and probably some awards. So 8.0 minimum on score. So hopefully, you know, they're like, yeah, we need to get some of that clout and some of that quality into our games, especially if they're going to be exclusive, like I'm pretty sure they are. Right. I don't think and, you spend and, and, $8 billion and not leverage it. Absolutely. And to kind of keep the Bethesda train rolling, mm-hmm. Microsoft did announce this week that some of the future Bethesda titles will be PC and Xbox exclusive, but they are going to be handled on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. So... Take that for what it is. Yeah. And that, I think it basically would, means think, those, contra- those, those games that have been announced... Expect those and maybe one or two more. I mean, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. I feel like Microsoft's willing to play ball a little bit. Well, here's the thing. Like, what do you stand pass on there more than they want to get? Bethesda's games on someone else's yeah. system. True, but, but imagine what they stand to lose versus gain by releasing mm-hmm. the next Doom on the PlayStation 5. Like, like they would l- yeah. lose on all of those console yeah. sales, all those versions. Granted, Especially it would be Especially like VR better. Doom or something? Yes. Yeah. And to be fair, if I could get Xbox Game Pass to load up on my PS5, I would probably play that shit all the time with my friends over. Mm-hmm. With I'd buy a bunch of controllers. We'd play four way Battletoads and like Streets of Rage. Yeah, just till, for like chill sessions between movies. Mm-hmm. That would be a good time. I do yeah, not have that option, and Sony hasn't given me anything. I would similar. like you to. No, I, I could I, play I, like I, Horizon I, Zero Dawn, the new one that's in like Seattle or whatever. I don't remember its name. Uh, yeah, Forbidden yeah. West. But like on my new Xbox One, what I can't remember what the fuck things are called. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one knows what. We're the, the Xbox. Xbox. It's the Xbox. The more expensive one. That's that's right. the one I want, okay? Um, yeah, I get playing, I would love to play that game on there through some PlayStation portal. Mm-hmm. But, like, maybe they should call it that because, like, pee-pee. <sighs> yeah, that'd be cute. I gotta load up the pee-pee real quick. <laughs> God damn it, you guys. We are all adults at this table. I mean... Yeah, so we make pee-pee jokes. Yeah, look... It, it, I mean, yeah. would you... Dick or fart? I mean, come on, which one? <laughs> okay, so the CW is currently working on a live-action Powerpuff Girls adaptation. The series will be centered around the three sisters in their 20s who have grown resentful of wasting their youth to fight crime. Uh, looking at all the descriptions of all this, it basically sounds like they're doing Powerpuff Girls Riverdale edition. Sounds like a comedy. Um, yeah, it sounds more like a comedy to me. No, apparently uh, two of them have suffered like trauma. One of Bubbles, I think, is withdrawn. Oh, from so we're sus- doing dark. Yeah, we're doing it's, dark it's, dark, it's dark and edgy. R- it really is Riverdale. It's Riverdale uh, Powerpuff Girls. Cool. Now, just before anybody gets too worried about this, they're only filming the pilot right now. They got to see if it works. Yeah, I got to see uh, if yeah, it works. Yeah, how is honestly? Um, be, what's like, the uh, the crab hands? It, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember characters' names. I remember the red 
person. Well, there's Zoidberg from Futurama. I think you're talking no, about No, no, there's a the red devil? person that I cannot remember their there's, name. It's not Patrick. Patrick's not the crab. It's like, definitely a crab clawed person the, in Powderpuff Girls. The devil, I thought, had the claws. I don't know. I, I, so what I I, the only thing name. I know about Powerpuff Girls, because I fell off cartoons. translate well is what I was um, trying to say. When the Powerpuff Girls were coming out, uh, when, when that, that, that whole genre was going on. Mm. But I know that Powerpuff Girls was more of a mood than a story. Mm. So I'm not sure changing the entire mood of the show is a good idea. Right. And we have a really perfect comment in chat right now that says, yeah, I'm going to judge this really hard until I see it. Yeah, because uh, this might not get past the pilot stage, or have they said they're picking it up? All right. No, they Perhaps. said this is just pilot stage. Oh, right now. then pilots get made. Uh, all I, the I cannot remember time. all the actresses that were cast. I know the most recent addition was the person who played Quake in Agents of Shield to bring that back around. <laughs> so she's one of. The oh, three. she's she's Chloe uh, Bennett. Daisy. Yeah, Daisy. Chloe, Chloe Bennett. Yeah, yeah. Chloe Bennett. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's gonna let's fail. just we'll, <laughs> Sorry, we'll, we'll see it when it, we'll see it when it happens. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Elizabeth Banks, Phil Lord, and Chris Miller are teaming up to work on an upcoming filled film called Cocaine Bear. It's about a bear that consumed seventy pounds of cocaine and what happened after. And if you think Hollywood is just running out of ideas at this point, I have some good news. This movie is based on a true story. Yep. This is a true story that you can read on, like, the internet. It's an actual thing that happened. So it's still a really good <laughs> meme, right? Like, I can get yeah. a laugh out of that yeah. meme so by the, posting it anyway. So the original story from what I was reading today was that there was, like, a drug lord that was, like, shipping drugs via plane. Mm-hmm. And something happened, and like bales of cocaine falling bales. from low-flying right. planes, yeah. as a uh, great Texan once said. Mm-hmm. And a bear got into it; it's got into seventy pounds of cocaine. Maybe it rolled over a beehive. And and, there was some honey on and it, and shit happened. I think bear just went. What's this? Scratch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, because when it liked it, it ate seventy pounds of it. Yes, <laughs> because it's a bear. Yeah. And if you give a bear 70 pounds of food, it's going to eat it. Yes. It suddenly turned into the clown from like Metalocalypse is just running around screaming like, I do cocaine! Cocaine! Yeah. I don't know if the bear is the power animal for the clown or is the clown the power animal for the bear? I think, yes, definitely that. So uh, I don't know why, but like if somebody had told me, hey, they're making a movie about the cocaine bear meme, I'd be like, oh, lame, I guess whatever. If someone told me Elizabeth Banks was making the cocaine bear movie, I'm yeah. like, I'm super on board. Yes. Oh my God. Put this in my veins. You, like, there's no way she didn't read that one night and go, oh my God. Like, is this how real? And went, oh my even, God, it's real. And then, yeah, oh. how did the script even get to her? Like, Elizabeth Banks is a very well respected actress. And somebody walked up to Elizabeth Banks and like, do you, want, right. do you want to do a cocaine you, bear story? Like, honestly, you don't think someone... that Elizabeth Banks was fucking around on the internet one night and like saw the cocaine bear meme and literally went down the rabbit hole of finding out that story and went, oh, oh no. fuck, I'm making this. No, no, so like, I, I like... That's what I think happened. See, I, I like, like your James, version better, actually. I don't know, see, my, my James' idea strikes me as more fun because I just said the cocaine bear meme always gets a laugh because it's like half a paragraph over a bear just like doing bear shit. Like, it's a dumb meme, but you imagine it it all happens in your head so you're like holy fuck after you read that story so i hope there was just like some paper on her doorstep one morning and she picks it up and the front page is just a full page of the bear meme right just just reads the bear meme and she's like whoa what the fuck what's the rest of this 
fade in. Okay, here we go. And like 75 pages later, she's like, I'm fucking making this. Fucking making cocaine bear the movie. God. Can I, I cannot not make cocaine How bear. do you have that conversation with the writer? You're like, you left this on my doorstep and I don't know you. But I want to do this, but you're really weird. But imagine walking into like the... Because as a producer of a project, you have to be you have to pitch it, right? And so somebody had to walk into an office. Let's pretend it's like in Paramount or something. Right. They walk in and they go, all right. Guys, I have the next big hit. Elizabeth Banks is signed on, and they're like a hush falls over there. I'm like, fuck yes, Elizabeth Banks. Like, we will we will back any project that she mm-hmm. wants to work on. Right. So there's a bear, and he does 70 pounds of cocaine. <laughs> I can't even get through <laughs> yeah. fucking describing it without See, laughing. Like, when you describe it, there's literally a dude in the back of that room being like, I did what? Yeah, right now. <laughs> okay, All we right. should move what, on from up, cocaine. Cocaine bear. Oh, right. Yeah, so the team behind bear. Stranger Things has been given the green the light. The Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, been given the green light by Netflix to adapt Stephen King's 1984 book, The Talisman. Uh, it's the story of a 12-year-old who is traveling across the United States to find a mystical talisman to save his dying mother. This is being produced by Steven Spielberg. Uh, so it's a co-production between all three groups. And now I'm just kind of wondering and this is one of the how only well that's going to work. Steven this, Spielberg likes to eh, meddle too much. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, the talent's good. I, I, be, I have trust in them. The Talisman's a story that's never been adapted before. So this that'll be my interesting. Thing. Like, my first reaction to this was, I don't know if it is a sign that... The, the, the thing is, I don't know <laughs> if every time I hear about a new Stephen King project, it's for a book that I've never heard of. Mm. Like, we're adapting the block. The talisman, or yeah. the dildo, or the the lubricated Dude, vampire. Like, 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 it's uh, always sorry, lubricated thing. vampires, Anne Rice. Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> that, that definitely must be true. <laughs> He's written a lot of books. Yeah, so a lot of short stories. Oh, right, right. Too. So, so, so the thing is, he I did a lot of cocaine. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 what I don't understand is, is there is a. Um, Every time I hear this, I'm like, does that just mean Stephen King has written way too many books, or are we actually trying to adapt new stories these days? And well, new a lot properties? of these, a lot of these are classics that they're kind of going in and revisiting. Um, I will say that to relate this to our previous story, there were a lot of books that he made while under seventy pounds of cocaine. Uh, that so, makes sense to me. Yeah. So they're like uh, all of Cujo. He does not have any recollection uh, of. Uh, remembering. Also, weird fact for the day: apparently, Cujo is actually pronounced Cujo. It's supposed to have like a Mexican connotation oh. to it. Um, this comes via Joe Hill, his son. Okay, and he was like, it, "It's weird for me growing up because I always knew the dog was pronounced this way." Mm-hmm. But you say that in conversation, and people look at you like you're stupid, and you're like, "But my dad is literally Stephen King." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like, like, like I, the, the dude who wrote the, the Stephen book. King tweet where somebody was like, "Stephen King wouldn't blah blah blah," and he's like. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Dude, 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 it's me. I, I said yes. Joe Hill's like, dude, dude who wrote the book yeah, wiped yeah. my ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. I, 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 I have some idea of what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, apparently there's two. I, I have to look at the tweet, but yeah, it's, it's Cujo and one of the other things that people often mispronounce. And he's like, yeah, that's not how dad wrote that. Um, we just all say it that way. And it's accepted vernacular. It's the, nom- it's the nomenclature, the nomenclature of the thing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the Talisman. I'm pretty excited about that. It's Netflix. Um, also, in kind of horror adjacent news, Scott Derrickson of Sinister and Doctor Strange fame is working on a new project for Paramount called Grace. Uh, it's a story about a man on death row for killing his wife, mm-hmm. who is let go from prison when she resurfaces. Uh, the twist to it is kind of 
is, is that actually his wife? Like, we don't know. Oh, okay. And by the way, if you're unfamiliar with Sinister, I know that we've talked about it quite a bit. It's one of my favorite horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Hawke is just, I, I'll watch anything that he does. Uh, but I'm Ethan really Hawke's glad right. that, like, I got to turn people on in the fucking movie, because, like, Sinister? It's yeah, so good. Really good. And and, and if you didn't don't know. Don't watch the sequels. Just do not <laughs> yeah, ever but that's do true, that. That's true for most horror franchises. But though. Sinister was uh, rated, in air quotes, as mm-hmm. the one of the scariest uh, movies or the scariest movie of all time. And it's based on just how the structure of the movie had is uh, handled narratively, and the way that the there's not a whole lot of jump scares in it. It's more okay. of a, a lingering, creeping feeling while you're watching it. Um, so that's why it was considered like the scariest movie of all time. But I absolutely love it, and I want more people to get into it because Sinister is fantastic. But this this uh, project, Grace, sounds very interesting. I mean, it's a very simple concept, right? Yeah. Guy on death row killed his wife. Wife shows back up. Who is my wife? Right. My wife. Right. That's where we're at. And I, I don't know. But Scott Derrickson. It's, it's, it's a good story. I mean, it's a good premise anyway. Yeah. And Scott Derrickson is just such a brilliant writer. Obviously, Sinister is a great piece uh, of film. Uh, obviously, Doctor Strange, so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, man. This guy This guy bats like a thousand, if mm-hmm. that's the correct baseball terminology for it. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Um, it should also come as no surprise that it, it was announced this week that Comic Con 2021 has been canceled. You're right. Um, it when, was. When does that usually take place? Uh, I think it's a little bit later in the year. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think it's around summertime. Uh, but what are months? Yeah. What are what, 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 what are time? months anymore? Yeah. Um, into spring, beginning of summer, it's like June. There you go. That would make sense. Yeah. Or, March, June. Yep, that something. makes sense. Uh, so they did say that there's going to be a Comic-Con at-home event. So they are going to be doing like virtual panels and doing all that stuff. Uh, so there'll be at least something for people to participate for Comic-Con. What they're uh, trying to do is they're actually planning on trying to do a smaller convention around November. Okay. Like, we are going to do Comic-Con. It's going to be small, though. We're not going to be letting 5 million people show up. It's going to mm-hmm. be in San Diego. Um, and we'll have guests and stuff. But they also stipulated, like, this is all pending on what happens with the pandemic. Right. So I never thought I'd be like, I miss cons because normally cons are just like horrible. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm actually very happy they've died. Yeah. The only I'm just the only thing I'm sad about is like the cosplay stuff about it, but I just make a YouTube well, channel. Well, no, it's not that. Like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But I mean, like, there's a community to it. Like, there, like there are very people who go to those cons every year. And while I'm not one, I really love that the fan base gets to interact in that way and that I get to see it vicariously yeah. on yeah. YouTube no, I mean, videos or message when boards. I was, or, uh, when I know, was like super weeb, James, like, Acon every year was a fucking, like, right. Mm-hmm. It was me and my friends were packing it up. And we're going to Akon. Yeah. Like, and that was our thing. And we'd spend the weekend, you know, partying and like having a good time and just going to panels. And then eventually, like, I made that kind of conversion where I stopped going to cons as an attendee and I started going to cons as like somebody who's working there. So mm-hmm. I would go to Owlcon to work, to, to work like live action Cthulhu games, or I would go to PAX to work. And that was what I do, would do now with the LSV is I go there to watch, uh, to help you know, participate in the booth, right? Mm-hmm. Like I sit there and I, I run the tournaments at like PAX. Yeah. Um, and it was something that I, I always enjoy it while I'm doing it, but afterwards I'm so mentally exhausted. I'm like, God, why do I keep doing this? Mm-hmm. But now we're a year and a half out from, yeah. you know, conventions and I'm just like, fuck, I miss it. And so I think that that's one of the things as I was reading this, I'm like, I see why they're, why comic, uh, 
uh, San Diego Comic-Con would want to try and do an event in November if they can. Because mm. honestly, I think if I'm feeling this way, then people who religiously go to conventions, they're they're hurting, right? Yeah. Like, they want to go. Yeah, for sure. They probably feel, I'm sure they feel about cons the way I feel about movies. It's just like, good, just, mm. yeah. It's, you miss it. You miss it. Absolutely. I miss it a lot. Yeah. Uh, we were posting pictures on the LSV Discord the other day. It was just like, here's all of us at PAX, like drinking together afterwards and having a good time. I'm like, fuck, I miss conventions. Mm-hmm. Ugh. All right. So let's get into some weird shit. Um, former Activision game designers Gary and Dan Kitchen and Activision co-founder David Crane has formed a new studio called Audacity Games. All right. The first project by these three will be making a new title for the Atari 2600. Okay. So anybody who buys the physical version of this game will get a code, a digital code for an emulated version of it. So the, the purpose of Audacity Games, the studio, is that they want to focus on designing and publishing box-gamed proje- products for a variety of retro consoles. So these, and by the way, if you're unfamiliar with these names, just so you know, like Crane uh, helped design the original Pitfall and Dragster. Gary oh, Kitchen okay. worked on the Donkey Kong and the 20, Atari 2600. Dan Kitchen developed the 2600 version of Ghostbusters and Kung Fu Master. They okay. have chops so, so, in this, so like this pedigree. space. They have mm-hmm. pedigree in this space. Yeah. So they're like, what we want to do is we just want to pick a, an old uh, retro console. Like we'll just we'll we'll throw up throw what a dart at the board mm-hmm. and we'll say all right Nintendo or twenty six hundred they all come from twenty six hundred backgrounds so it's easy for them and mm-hmm. they say let's make a game it's gonna be a physical box game it'll sell for uh, I'm guessing here this is all speculation mm-hmm. thirty to sixty bucks mm-hmm. and that'll have a digital code so that they can play an emulated version of it so that you can get a nice box twenty six hundred game mm-hmm. but this this is gonna make a lot of money yeah i mean i hope it think does think about this it like it, when i was reading this i'm like this is fucking genius wait so I, because you well, get something did, to display where did the, these guys come from like where like historically they're all originally activision. from activision like they're old like, activision old like activision original 2600 2600 guys one of them is a co-founder of the original activision okay and how old are these guys okay you know what this is you, you guys haven't figured it out it's just old dudes wanting to spend money and do the thing that they had fun when they were kids. Yeah. So like, hey, no, let's go, let's go redo sure. video games. Yeah. I'm not like, upset. If they it. lose money, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, but I it's hope. really cool that we get some like interesting I own shit a, I it, actually own an Atari twenty six hundred, and at some point in the next couple of years, I will be able to buy a brand new Atari twenty six hundred game. And I don't even have a TV that I can play an Atari twenty six hundred. That is underground sweet. games. People build making yeah. twenty six hundred games in. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a community ages. for all of that stuff, but yeah. a lot of it's one off things. It's one programmer who designs it and, yeah. made, and does it. Now they're forming a company based around this exact concept, and I'm like, this sounds like so much fun. Like, if this is your midlife crisis, fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna make <laughs> this is the retirement for like, fun, like, need, you have to do something. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to make video games for fun, then awesome. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, doing better than a do. lot of people out there right yeah, now. You're yeah, you're doing it better than doing most people right are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this next one. Okay, so the action horror manga slash anime Helsing mm-hmm. is coming to the big screen. Derek Kolstad, who helped pen John Wick, is working with Amazon Studios to bring this title to life. Now, if you've never read or seen Helsing, first off, uh, I don't know, just go do that. Like, seriously, drop everything, go watch Helsing. Mm -hmm. Um, The basic plot threads are, it's the story of the main character, Alucard, who works with a secret organization to hunt supernatural threats. 
Um, and I know what a lot of people who might be listening to this are saying right now. The first thing that pops into your head when I say anime adaptation is like, oh, fuck no. Right. Like I saw One Piece or, or not Death Note. Death and, Note. Uh, and fucking like all those other ones. Death Note just, had potential, but man, they did that wrong. Right. But you didn't you didn't like. Uh, but we're talking about one of the guys who worked on John Wick. No, that was bad. We got we got we have people who worked on John Wick that are wanting That's to true. do this. And and if you read the interviews with them, like what he what uh, Derek Holst had said in his interview was like, ever since I saw the original Helsing, I've been racking my brain for years asking myself, how do I adapt this? And he's like, not until now have I found a way that I can adapt this. So there's a thing about the original Helsing anime. And because Helsing has gone through a few iterations. It yes. went through a television show, and then it went through a long, and I mean like 10-part series of OVAs, yeah. about an hour and a half each. Well, that's because the original Helsing um, was filming before the books had finished being written. Right, so right. Uh, so the, 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 what I was getting to is that like the OVAs were obviously much more faithful to the comics. And... The animation quality was much better. It was just such a fucking cool show. But the thing about the original anime was the soundtrack. I was going to say, you're about to say the music, aren't you? To this day. I have those CDs. That soundtrack will not leave my head. Every time I think about Helsing, the songs just flow right back It's that jazzy, cowboy, bebop-esque. Oh, yeah. But it has like so much much of its own identity. The only reason you mentioned cowboy bebop is because of how unique that music is to that show. And you're like, Which is also being made, so do yeah. we think that this is something like, is the music going to be able to be transferable? Is I that think it feeling has to and mode? I, I hope so. Well, the music isn't the hard part for me. The, the, the hard part is matching the good music to the show that is also good, which is right. going to, which is uh, still going to be a problem for Cowboy Bebop and will certainly be a problem for I mean, Helsing. You're doing movie Helsing. You're killing I mean, out. We're, like, when, they tell me, when they tell me who they cast as Alucard yeah. and as the... Um, as Ceres? As Sarah's, then and, yes. And Intriga. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Helsing is one of my favorite animes of all time. It's the last anime that I was actually really obsessed with. That was like right before I stopped watching anime altogether. That was one of the few anime that I just was obsessed with. And it, I had never got around to watching the OVAs, but I watched the original series. And everybody that, that has seen the OVAs, are like, it's good. But you're going to miss the music. You do miss the music, but it is a much, much, much better watch. It's much more cohesive, yeah. Oh, well, the whole, like, it's just so much cooler to watch. And that's saying a lot because the original anime was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the thing about it is when we talk about things like Cowboy Bebop and we talk about Helsing mm-hmm. um, and them getting live action adaptations, like in Cowboy Bebop, it'll, there'll definitely need to be a lot of CG because, you know, spaceships and all that good stuff. Yep. Helsing is going to require a giant budget. Yeah. Because the the way that they manipulate shadows, because that's how his powers work, mm-hmm. um, and you use shadows to do things, like, this is going to take a lot of money to make this. Yeah, the, the, there's a general rule with special effects where if it's people interacting with things, when you think sci-fi is like, well, we need to put this guy in an outfit and put him in a thing that looks like a spaceship when we're done with it. Yeah. Or it hopefully looks like a spaceship now, but we're also going to throw some CG smoke and some sparks in there. Yeah. It look like a spaceship. A, it, it's a another float. thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's another thing entirely to when have come to someone's lips. Effects happen between humans. The difference between having a Hydra base that Tony and Captain America can walk into, and Captain America and Thor throwing lightning and shields at things, is like night and day CG wise. Right. The effects cost so much more 
because it's so much more dynamic, so much more detail-oriented, and so much faster. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm literally thinking about a scene in the Helsing manga where you watch, like, a shadow tendril from Alucard emerge, and it, it, it spans rooms. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of it, there is a physical gun that Shadow is holding to, like, shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that that's, you can make that look bad really easy. Yeah. You like, can also make it look super yeah, you can cool. Also, I really hope they do it All kinds of ways to yeah. just... To go get around that. There's, I'm sure you there can are. You really use like practical effects with some minor CG adjustments sure. to get, and, make and that I'm happen. sure that Look, they, they just which is way, one of the most common things that happens actually right now is way smarter people than yeah. us are working yeah. on it. I would actually Absolutely. love to work on some of these ideas. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're starting to kind of uh, wind things down here. Uh, we do have one big thing that we need to talk about as we wrap up the news for the week. Um, so finally, this week we need to revisit the Texas snowstorm. So for those of you who didn't know, our lovely state got completely shut down due to infrastructure failures as the state froze over. Mm-hmm. Our uh, government isn't incapable of running itself at all. Uh, people are, uh, were, and some still are without power or water. Now, there's a lot of game studios in Texas, uh, Austin specifically. We have um, like over 200, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the last count I was told. So one of these studios is Cloud Imperium Gaming. So these are the creators of Star Citizen, or as you might know it, that game that's made billions of dollars already and still hasn't come out in 10 years. Vaporware. (laughs) Because that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. So according to a report, the Austin office manager for CIG told employees during this, frankly, apocalyptic event that they would need to figure out how to make up lost time in the near future Due to people physically not being able to come in. In fact, even suggesting that they work the first weekend that the roads are clear. Uh, They also went on to say, if you can't make up your time, then you need to put in for PTO. Yep. CIG's response to this was, uh, Cloud Imperium Games is saddened to hear these allegations from anonymous sources. Our staff safety and well-being are a priority to us at all times. The Austin offices have remained closed to the general staff since the beginning of the pandemic, with our teams working from home. In the immediate aftermath of the Texas storm, studio leadership has reached out to all 100-plus Austin employees through their managers and individually to offer support and continues to do so with actionable assistance for all those who are affected. So... Okay, so when you say, I reached out to the team through their managers with a message of support, I mean, that you you literally told someone down the chain to tell someone else down the chain, thanks for not dying, get back to work. So I have a couple quotes from... As an employee, I would do one thing. Just respond back with me and like, you know, it's a dead game, right? It's, not, it's never coming. So uh, I don't care. here's just a couple of choice quotes from some other employees while we discuss this. Right. Uh, one said, uh, I don't expect CIG to get our power back, um, to put the power back on or make the city give water back. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm unreasonable. Of course not. Um, but I feel as though situations with natural disasters should be treated the same way as if we were all still commuting to an office. Like losing power and internet was not a snow day type break. Yeah. It brought on stress on how to survive, keep babies and pets alive. And it was no, by no means an enjoyable break for anybody who couldn't work. 20 something. 
And the same employee said, I still, I still felt obligated to check in on teams every couple hours. I just felt like I had to do it, even though most people weren't talking during those days. Everybody was just focusing on surviving. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Let's fucking talk about this for a minute. Right. So we, we all lived through this. And, you know, I, I was trying to manage a team that still needed to go to work. Now, yes. they were going to work. So you and I work for a data center yes, that provides yes. medical data to a lot of hospitals. A lot of hospitals. So the people keeping the DC afloat were keeping a lot of other industries afloat just by going to work. We needed to staff it and, you know, we needed to rotate people in and out. And that was hard. We rented hotel rooms out for our staff so that they could stay as close to the DC as possible and warm and have water. We told them to bring their families if their power was out. You guys bought them like an entire kitchen worth of food. Yes, we did. We we bought them two entire kitchens worth of food because there are two different DCs in Austin. We, We tried to make sure they were as comfortable as possible. And for the people who really couldn't make it in due to snow, we figured it out and they stayed home. Because mm-hmm. you know what but, that but, wasn't? Right, but you were critical infrastructure. Yes, literally that's... critical infrastructure, not a vaporware game. Right. So so, so here's the thing about handling the critical infrastructure and the losses. The people who couldn't make it in, couldn't make it in because it was unsafe. And right. I didn't immediately ask them to put in PTO for being out a day on vacation. Mm-hmm. They were still trapped in their house without power, without water, in many cases, for days at a time, and it was unsafe for them to leave the premises. You and I only ventured into the office once, and that's when the power temporarily went out in my apartment. Exactly. And that was because we absolutely had to, because we had to make sure that the infrastructure that we were, that we, <laughs> yeah. the company we work for is staying afloat. But in this instance, we have a game that has not even come out yet, that has been in the works for eight to 10 years, that has had billions of dollars of revenue already generated for it. Mm-hmm. Like people throw money at this fucking game, even though it has hasn't come out fully yet and yet and also this by the way just to put a big fucking point on this cloud imperium games isn't just a company that is based in austin it started in austin it has offices globally you can find information about how each shift is handled so basically Mm -hmm. like the austin office on a typical workday, they finish their eight hours or seven and a half they get on a a call with the european division and they say this is what we did this is what you guys need to do and they hand it off from there right right? so what does it matter that the austin division is down for a couple days no shit have the have the other just like remove them from the chain and then just have the one section connect to the other without austin in between have the same meeting it's not that hard and how fucking dare you tell your employees they have to fucking put in for pto to make sure they get their full paycheck when most of them probably drain their bank accounts just trying to buy water and food to survive yeah or maybe paying their fucking electricity bill right (laughs) Like, like seriously, this oh, is it yeah. is offensive to me that I've had to, that I had to read this today. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely cannot with this shit. Um, it feels very twenty twenty. Yeah. It does, yeah. Uh, so I mean, no, I mean, this studio is bullshit anyway. So we shouldn't be surprised at their bullshit, but. Uh, for they are very good at being the corporation. Yeah, I, mean, I don't that's know. All they are at this point is a just thing that exists. At sh- a game that has not, not even been released yeah. that has made billions of dollars yeah, yeah. without yeah, the, the, the fact The fact that the game is what it is is already a giant joke in the industry. And I feel really bad for all the people working on it because in at they some probably level, genuinely do believe that they're making a good product. Well, at some level, they're putting in work and they're and I hope they're doing good work at yeah. it. And I'm sure they are. 
But, I mean, it, nobody has any hope. No, nobody outside of the hardcore fan base has any hope that this game's ever coming. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I try not to... I try to be fairly non-biased mm-hmm. when, I'm, when we're having these discussions. I'm mm-hmm. the neutral party of the three of us. Um, that being said, there are just things, some things that I cannot idly sit by and have happen without me expressing how I feel about it. No, yeah. And specifically, treating your employees that put in so much time and effort to make a product that they genuinely believe in only to have you turn around shit on them and say that during the middle of a fucking snow apocalypse that we were unprepared for. Mm, Understand this. Entirely It's not LOL, Texas iced over. No, our infrastructure was not prepared for what happened to us. Mm -hmm. To go to your employees and have the brass to be like, use your PTO, guys, if you want to get paid. No. Go fuck yourself. Mm, yeah, full on. There are some situations that the only only proper response to them is outrage and to not express as much as a moral failing on your part. Mm. And this is an outrage moment. I, I spent some time shitting on the game because for obvious reasons, but honestly, if you work for this game company, if you're a developer for them, I'm sorry this happened to you, especially yeah. if you live here in Austin with us. Yeah. But honestly, all around the world, like... Let us know if you are listening yeah. to us and you are. I will go out and buy you a beer sometime. Yeah, let's damn go right. When, when the pandemic clears, let's go have a beer. Yeah, I will personally buy a beer for <laughs> everyone who works in Austin at this game company. I'm not even kidding. Hit me yeah. up. <laughs> all right. That is everything that we have for the news this week. I know that was a rough one to end on, but we just had to get through it. I I needed people to be educated about this because abusing your employees in the game industry is something that happens so frequently that we don't talk about. And I swear to God, going forward, I'm going to bring it up every time it happens. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm going to fucking throw it out there. Um, That is everything that we have for the news this week. We are going to take a small break. And when we come back, we'll be going into something fun in the boss room where we talk about WandaVision. All right. Boss Room. Hey, adventurers. Welcome back to the show. This is our Boss Room. It is our main talking point for the podcast, sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, <laughs> there's only one thing we could possibly put in the Boss Room this week. We're going to talk about WandaVision. So before we start, spoiler warning, this is seriously a fantastic show, and we have to talk about it. But to do that, we have to get into the fucking spoilers. Yeah. I, I don't know anyone who is watching this show who hasn't been watching it literally every Friday. Since day one, yeah. So, I mean, if you're not cut up, just go do it. It's all on Disney Plus what, right One now. of the things that I, I found interesting before we kind of dive into the, the, the plot background of all of this mm-hmm. is uh, I was reading something recently that was talking about how people were, A, wanting to just bend WandaVision. They, they just wanted it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it was just a done weekly show. Right. And it's been so rare that we have had specifically a sitcom that mm-hmm. comes out on Friday night that causes us and all of our friends to get together and watch it. And how fucking brilliant is that too? Right? Like the I whole TGIF yeah. idea yeah. is what WandaVision did. It brought us over to your place. We'd order pizza or something. Yeah. And, and we would it, just watch a... F- Honestly, if they put a fucking remake of Step by Step on there, we'll fucking follow that <laughs> up with pretty much anything. What are you doing? Are we going to watch this crazy action thing of... Right. Uh, but, but then followed by Step by Step because... That's what you do. Yeah, and it really is TGIF. Like I remember yeah. that that being a ritual in my yeah. house oh, every it was. week. Absolutely. And Snick. Yeah. If you uh, had Nickelodeon. If you had cable. Yeah. If you know, like one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so 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 I have one thing to say about the the, the TGIF thing. Mm-hmm. Is that not not like so there's the, there's the obvious connection of they did it during Mandalorian. This is their MO now. They run their shows on Fridays so people get together and sure, watch them or at yeah. least always have something to talk about over the weekend. That mm-hmm. is wonderful. 
And when you brought up Snick, it reminded me that the entire theme of the show goes back to like Nick at Night and uh, and, and, Mary Tyler and, and, and TGIF yeah. is like, you know, the, the show would be aware of TGIF too, because all of those shows were. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into just WandaVision in general. Let's talk about all the, the funness of the show. I'm going to start with an easy question, guys. Mm-hmm. What did we love about the show? <laughs> It's not an easy question. Well, I'm gonna go well it's it a long answer. Like, yeah. I'll start with just what Hector was saying: is the the love of television shows mm-hmm. that it showed. Uh, mm-hmm. WandaVision as a series um, definitely cared for the predecessors in the sitcom area. Whenever they were going to things like going at Mary, all of the shows, Mary Tyler Moore show, um, Dick Van Dyke. At the very beginning, um, all the things I watched on Nick at Night. Yes, Nick at Night. Like, way too much. Because Snick, <laughs> like, I always followed up. I was like, what do you watch? I'm like, a get smart. Because, like, fuck, yeah, yeah whatever. It was Tales. It was uh, the, the, the magic kids throwing fucking scary stories. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that show. I'll, we'll talk about it later. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> and then it was, like, get smart. And then it was, like, bewitched. And then Dick Van Dyke Dick Van show, Dyke, and yep. I would just keep going. I was like, just keep watching this until they yep. stop making things I'm not enjoying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I was I, I'm old enough to have caught uh, actual reruns of the Andy Griffith show on yeah. daytime television. Yeah, it's literally on my and, and that feels like to that watch too. List right now that I just put on the like, Andy Griffith show. Yeah, no. It is wonderful. <laughs> I also have the, what is it the the luckiest leprechaun or the tiniest leprechaun, which is I've a really weird that. Disney movie. There's a, there's a there's a rabbit hole you'll also go down in Disney weird shit. So what, someday, so when, it, get when it came to Wandavision, like it, it's but, hard to just pick a dis, a simple thing out, right? Like what well, did I love I've, about it? I have exactly what it is. Okay, what do I love about Wandavision? I, you know, the first time, and I can't remember the very first time I heard a couple described as Endgame. But I realized immediately when I heard that where that was from and what the cultural zeitgeist had become. It was like, oh, that, that's fucking Endgame because it's. We yeah. all know what Endgame is. Yeah. And to describe a relationship that way feels fucking serious. It's like, you guys belong together. You guys are, are it. And I never thought I'd feel that way about a couple in the MCU. Mm-hmm. There has not been a romance in the MCU anywhere that I've given even the tiniest shit about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the weakest part of all of the best movies. Um, the Black Panther. The, the, the whole romancing between uh, Chadwick Boseman and Lupita Nyong'o didn't give a fuck. Didn't mm-hmm. matter at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony and Pepper. Yeah, it's cute, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um Captain America, literally, we never got to see it happen. It like it, it all happened off screen, away from us. Yeah. Um. Please. I, I, yeah. Please, Peggy. We we not we we haven't gotten any real romance, and that's probably for a very particular reason. And I'm just glad that we got to see it now, and that we got to spend so much time dealing with all the trauma of these two characters, mm-hmm. and but really, well, it's not realizing it's how much that though. they loved each other. And watching their relationship grow, even if we're going to be pedants and, re- yeah, that's not the actual vision. But it, it, it is what we saw as the audience was them coming to grips with kind of like what happened and well, yeah, that, what that, she had that, done. That vision is a manifestation of her love. Yeah, no, exactly. He and, is and, only but, made of her memories right. and her love and magical powers. Right. But and, for the purpose of the show, what we were watching... 
was them be able to be together again because mm. they can't be. And that's something that I didn't think I would care about because I don't give a fuck about any how any of the Avengers feel about each other. Right. But, I mean, the, 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 this was new territory for me in the MCU. And I, I, I really you, a, loved it. A moment that really stuck with me that I'd never thought about, and I've watched Endgame, and, or specifically uh, Infinity War, a lot. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, MCU movie. Mm-hmm. And... There's a scene where Dar- Darcy is catching Vision up in the car mm-hmm. of like, this is all the things that she's gone through that have led us to this point. Yeah. And there was a line that she said I never really thought about, which was, she watched you die twice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've seen this movie like a hundred times. And I never thought about the fact she literally did just watch the love of her life die twice in front of her. Yeah. And the second time was, was so brutal. Yeah. Way more violent the second time. <laughs> Uh, so maybe a little bit harder questions or anything we didn't like about the show. Hmm. I think for a second. Well, um, <laughs> see, it's a, it's a stumper. Right? Well, no, there are things I didn't like about the show. I was still on things I did like about the show, but then your question completely fucking confused me. <laughs> and now I forgot the thing I really liked about the show. <laughs> Um, just filling dead air now yeah. because not, what, I, got anything? uh, what did I not like about the show? Um, I didn't like how short the first episodes were. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yep. But that's it, it's the same thing with The Mandalorian. Everyone who complains about the length of the episodes doesn't remember the, uh, mo- the, the MCU on Netflix. Darcy being relegated is exposition. I was, that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, literally, she, she was kind every of every single line, even telling always fucking. That, though. Yeah, she. You like 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 since Thor one, like she's always been the like. Let me explain. She's the us. Yeah, let, let, let me explain the annoying shit while I am a fish out of water. Right. Yeah. And I love her as a character, but mm-hmm. you want to deep dive I, into her. It's that's the reason why the things I loved about this was I liked Vision and uh, Wanda on screen right. as characters. They were literally the only romance. We'll just put air things around in. 10 fucking years. Mm-hmm. You've got hints of other people, mm-hmm. much like you do in the comic books. You never watch them fuck because they're not going to draw people fucking. That's for adults comics. Right. Mm-hmm. Not for the kids stuffs. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the closest thing we got to an actual relationship being shown on screen. And well, that, that ended horribly twice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we got to see this, which was the happiness mm-hmm. between these two characters, the mm-hmm. evolution of those characters and where they see themselves going forward, the acceptance of who they are, minus the vision story, which we're going to have to get to at some point because that's not told in this whatsoever. It will definitely <laughs> come back around. Um, I think fi- uh, finally, what I, what I finally realized that I really didn't like about the show, and it's a common complaint, which I haven't had to use in a very long time, because there hasn't been any Marvel stuff, and the last one was amazing. Um, the villains were shallow. Okay. Um, so I, I do. The, the, I do. The, the main, the the, the main, the, the main uh, sword guy, and the, the the witch lady who we did not get enough time with, uh, as far Agatha. as actual she, Agatha motivation was goes. Brilliant on her own, but we got so actress little time was with her. brilliant. The we're character was two, good, yeah, exactly, right. but I I just Her didn't get enough of like. Uh, how she was, how she came to be upon this place. Mm. I felt like her being there was never really explained. She was just in it, it even though she wasn't the one who books, cast it. Because it is in the comic books, but it is because comic books, right? But uh, like we could have had like some of that. And the main uh, and they sword had the guy one was line in the flashback of you are now trapped in this place, and it happened to be the same fucking town. Right. Would that be okay? No. 
So the sword guy was um, also just like, just absolutely an inch thick, an inch deep, like just plot wise. He was basically nobody. So I'm going to, I'm going to give an out of the box answer here. Mm -hmm. The thing that I hated about the show was all the goddamn fan theories every week. <laughs> I Oh, you hated the audience. Fucking we welcome to we be holy shit. Like I get it. We do that shit too. But yeah. like my entire YouTube feed for like the last 9 weeks has just been like here's how it could be Mephisto. Here's how so it could be the X-Men. Right. Here's how it could be our dog. So 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 here so what you're actually upset at because we we break down the thing things every week and we have theories about it. It's one thing to do that. Well, I think what you really hated is that you and us because we uh, can exercise restraint just dialed back our mutant horniness for right. like the last nine weeks while we were like, is this mutants? Is this mutants? Is this mutants? And it wasn't going to be. And we were like, guys, it's probably not going to be mutants. Let's just try and enjoy the show. And we did. And then Quicksilver showed up and they're like, oh my God, it's yeah. mutants. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then we're like, holy fuck, it's mutants. And then it wasn't mutants. And we're like, okay, but we got it, right? His name's Boner. Like, like, <laughs> like, enjoy the ride. Yeah. But enjoy the ride. Yes. And I, too, in that James, moment, in that moment, I agreed that I, my next vampire, the master grade character is going to be named Ralph Boner because mm -hmm. it's a good it one just has to. it's a good one <laughs> but I mean yeah so in the last especially in the last like three weeks of the show my YouTube feed also was non-stop mutant horniness mm -hmm. about WandaVision because it's all anyone can talk about and I too felt a little bit like it was taking away from a, the appreciation of how good the show was right that, that high expectation of mm -hmm. this is what it needs to be or what I want it to be mm -hmm. For a lot of people, I think, took away from the beauty that actually was the show. It was. And and Tony did make a good point that, to be entirely fair, Vision played a smaller part in the show. And this was like Wanda's moment. It was her origin story for every intent and purpose. And spending the entire time being horny for Wolverine just kind of takes away from the experience. I felt like a lot of people might have diminished that for themselves. And yeah. I think that's what made me and you upset. Over expected yeah. their, mm -hmm. oh my God, the round the corner is going to be Professor X and he's going to put her in a psychic <laughs> bubble bullshit. You yeah. know, fuck that. I just... This is what I happens when non-writers... really enjoyed the fucking ride. This is what happens when non-writers post their fan fiction to Twitter. <laughs> really it's really like, Guys, we can solve this right now. Just have Professor hundred eighty characters roll so, around, you know, the corner. So I know like, it's, it's rough to, to bring our minds back nine weeks. Mm -hmm. I hate the fans. That's what I fucking hate. I hate fucking Marvel fans. Um, we go back in our minds nine weeks before the show actually started. Mm -hmm. um, did we have any expectations going into the show? Did any, either of you guys have expectations going into the show? No, and I think that's probably the best thing about the entire show. Is that I was I going to get a rough adaptation of the comic book for Vision that where he made up his own family, but we didn't get that because right. we got Scarlet Witch's version of that. So, right. so, so, so as a non-comic reader, which I think most of the audience for this show is coming from, I have not read that comic, I expected nothing from this show. Mm -hmm. Like, I I was like, oh, a show about Wanda and Vision. That sounds cute. I hope they have a budget. I mean, it's Disney. <laughs> They'll have a budget. I don't know then how... Then you saw The Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, no, though, I mean, I know they're going to have a budget because it's Disney. Disney doesn't not put money in things. But they also made the yeah. but there's, ABC show. 
my chief concern was how is this going to be interesting? Mm. And it wasn't before the end of the first episode that I was like, okay, 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 it's interesting. I get it. And I think the best part for me of this show was that I went in expecting nothing. Mm. I had that, you know, what is the Matrix moment where it's like, all right, let's sit down and watch WandaVision. Oh, fuck, this is WandaVision? All right, I guess I'm in. I get, you know what? I'm in. Let, let, let's get it. Let's I think go. my expectation for the show was... Um, I wanted them. I wanted the show to sell me on their romance. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the moment in Endgame when he dies is heart wrenching because you are there in the moment. And Lord, we were all in the theater together in tears watching the whole thing go down. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the, but, the thing about Infinity War was like we got that tiny bit, tiny bit of them actually being together. Yeah. And like in the whole hotel room scene and the walking around in like Germany or wherever they were meeting, like for funsies. Prog. 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 Probably Prog. So, like, we get that moment, and I was like, oh, this is sweet. I'm glad this exists. This is pretty cute. Never did I think, I want nine episodes of this. But I was like, oh, I like that they got to get together, even though they're, like, totally on the opposite sides and being really cute about it. One of the older relationships in the comic books that actually, one of the things we did kind of mention is this isn't a new thing that they just threw at us. It has existed for a very long time Mm -hmm. that Scarlet Witch and Vision, in a relationship, Mm -hmm. Back and forth, you know, whatever fucking She is thing, like, like, give me that robot dick. Yeah, mm. no, like, which is... I mean, if we're being it honest, it's probably the best dick. Probably, like, That is probably the best dick. I don't dick. think anybody can ever compare to that. Like, that is a vibranium a now, dick. Ooh, is new dick better than is, old dick? Yeah, did they use the same dick? Because his face was different and they used the same face. Doesn't matter, honestly. I think they changed the dick It's up. made of vibranium. I don't think... like, like, oh, like she it, knows how to make it vibranium. Comparing one vibranium machine to another vibranium machine just tells you how much worse all the other ones are. It doesn't I'm tell you anything sure about comparing the two. He's a fucking Sibian, all right? We all fuck. We're just dancing around it. Just fucking say it. He's a fucking Sibian. We know I, what he is. He goes burr and she goes woo. That's why they've been together since the 70s. You you can all subscribe to Tony's Pornhub channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, expectations going into it, Tony? I was hoping for some of the burr going word. <laughs> um, I... My expectation was going to be based on the Vision comics. So initially, that first episode, I was like, "Okay, I'm getting the I'm getting the Dick Van Dyke, I'm getting the, the Mary Tyler Moore stuff, I'm getting that like fucking that timeline where that's coming from." Mm-hmm. And then I realized it wasn't going to be the Vision story, right. and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be something different." And I was just kind of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have particular issues with some of the aspects of the show, particularly the introduction of a new superhero and how she's going to be introduced with the scroll. But that's part of our later topic. Yep. I just want to allude to that's one of my problems when you asked if you have a problem with the fucking show. Yeah. Um, overall, the show was good. Yeah. It was the acting was phenomenal. Um, I do have another nitpick that's just it's just a tiny minor nitpick. The square footage of the outline of the house. Um, whenever she's sitting at the last shot, whenever the camera pulls away, mm-hmm. um, that is not enough space for the size of the house in any of those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just not in it. It's in that, it, it bothers me. It literally fits like in the frame. Almost and that, I just it is like just okay. made to fit in the frame. Bigger so on the is there, inside than on the out. Is there anything like kind of like a like like, like a her witchy, mind? Like she just sat there like, like a witchy thing. Like 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 everything that's yeah. happened in Doctor Strange. It's just everything. more like. 
It's just one of those mild annoyances (laughs) that it just literally was the shape of the frame. You're like, come on, guys. Could you be mildly more creative with the outline of a house? (laughs) It's literally a nitpick. Let me fucking have that one at the end. We'll let you have that one. Uh, Is there anything in in WandaVision that threw us for a loop while we were watching it? Yeah, fucking Pietro. <laughs> I mean, shit. I mean, I yeah. could probably think of two or three more. Like, <laughs> it was Agatha one. all along was pretty fucking sweet. But yeah. fucking Pietro at the door, <laughs> like, knocked us on our asses for a week. They knew what they Agatha were doing. Agatha all along made sense. She's one of the only people who was continuing on to go through every yeah. episode. Like, I can't say I was but that surprised Pietro by Agatha. Pietro showing up like, was... <laughs> the. It was just this cherry that we, mm. we, we, we didn't know we could get. Mm. And we got it. Everybody freaked out and wanted more of it because, okay, they had 70 pounds of cocaine and (laughs) they want more 70 pounds of cocaine. And unfortunately, they can't have no more 70 pounds of cocaine because that's how fast he runs. That's how the grizzly bears die. (laughs) He runs like this. Uh, No, but like, we, we, I love that the reason for the person's just being there, not even that he's an actor, Mm -hmm. but that he's just a dude from the town. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I and, and I'm not for the fans, and I'm not trying to be like but... the dick here, but like the moment Pietro showed up and it was Chris Evans, I'm like, that's not a mutant. I'm like, I know what's going to happen this next week. Everybody's going to say mutants, and I'm like, it's not. No, it's, there's no yep. way there's... they're not doing it. That's too obvious. Y'all know those they, kids ain't real, right? They, they don't. They don't do <laughs> obvious here. And I think that's the thing is that there's so much subterfuge that happens in Wandavision where yeah, they, they, they really wanted they, you to develop theories. Yeah, they wanted. That's exactly what they, they did. wanted a water cooler show, and they got yeah. a water cooler show. And mm-hmm. we've had so rarely had one of those, right? Game of Thrones was our last really big one where it was like, yeah, we yeah. have to talk about Game of Thrones at work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And it just went on well, yeah, too but, long. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, like, there's a lot of things they did in there that was so intentionally misleading, and I applaud them for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And so many things that stylistically they framed in a way to make you go, are they still doing it? Yeah, well, they're they're totally the still book. doing it. Like, okay, so... Like, it, honestly, people, fi- people like, figured out the Agatha thing day one. Oh, yeah. for sure. But because like, there was so, always something weird about right, Agatha, but, right? But they figured out who she was, like, day one. But there's so much misdirection in the show that by the time the reveal happened, they're like, it can't possibly be her, right? Yeah. Like, that's it's impossible. Let's do obvious. Right. So uh, there were also a lot of moments that were meant to make us continue on with our theories. I talked a few times, even right after we watched the episode, about the whole... Uh, like uh, you know, Wanda and the uh, and the bomb and the uh, blinking light moment, you know, and her whole like mutant origin story where she was placed in a really difficult situation as as an adolescent and powers just manifest, and then at the very end of the season where she's just walking through town and a bunch of people are just mad at her for having powers because they got away from her a little bit and it went real fucking bad for everybody, and they're just sitting there like. What the fuck do we do about this, Wanda? This isn't okay. You need to leave right now and never come back. And at, at, because you're the way you are, like, that's why. Yeah, you you walked out of that episode and you're like, that entire thing was an allegory for mutants. Exactly. Which is mm. a, a, yeah. obviously an allegory for everything else mutants are. And, you know, that like all of that was there. And it all felt really intentional and the whole time i'm still going no mutants yet there's no yeah. mutants here you're having to like they're, talk they're yourself just, down for they're, that they're, they're literally what she building us people up psychologically is really fucked up though i mean look, having them oh, look at her whenever they're up. walking away you're like you just pushed us for like nine weeks into people that we don't know and left a lot of people just sitting there going like this yeah i mean i guess that's a really good exercise for those particular muscles <laughs> but right 
Yeah, and, and we need to talk for just a, like a split second yeah, how like after. what she did to Agatha is super not okay. Mm-hmm. Like like it that is that good, is an ob- that is a horrifyingly evil thing to do to a person, and she should probably stop that. Oh yeah, that's the, 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 season two. How many war crimes did she commit over the course of this? Oh show? well, a lot of them. She has broken the Geneva Convention. Well, that's the thing. Like, like so many of them. In fact, you could consider the vast majority of them, considering her memory wipe and her like inability to absorb the magnitude of. What she'd done was basically, for all intents and purposes, done unintentionally. Mm-hmm. At least as of the Wanda that we find at the end of the show. Right. What she did to Agatha was not unintentional. She planned right. every second of that and like touched her and was like, "Here's the magic thing." And so like that, that's 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 torture. That that's actual. There's putting someone in hell. Yeah. That that, that is a Geneva Convention violation. There. Indeed. And there. The Sokovia Accords. There's no way they're okay with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be absolute. It, there's going to be some interesting fallout from the show, I think. I think there's a lot to be said because right now we got to the end of the show and we're like, yay, it's all over and mm-hmm. it was warm and there was fuzzy and there was lighthearted moments and there were sad moments. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that, like the Sofakovia Accords, are going to come back to haunt her. Mm-hmm. She is going to um, be coming back with a lot of power, but at the same time, that puts a target on her, mm-hmm. which kind of... I'm going to switch my last couple questions around. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I, I really genuinely want to know from the panel here, who is the real villain of WandaVision? If you look at it, mm-hmm. it, it, just, it, it of all of it, you're like, who's the definitely villain? definitely Wanda. It's super Wanda. Well, I mean, if you take it as who did the most wrong, I mean, yeah, for it's sure. Wanda. Yeah, Wanda. Mm-hmm. But again, then again, then again, to be fair, to be fair, Wanda lost almost entirely control of what she was doing mm-hmm. uh, because of what Thanos had done to her yeah. over and over and over again. Because not only did she watch the love of her life die in front of her twice, then she had to go through the blip, which everyone else also went to. So then she wakes up, has to fight immediately, mm-hmm. and then is like, wait, who all is dead? Everyone's back. Is Except for... Is everyone... Not everyone's back, are they? Oh. Okay. I don't... I don't know what to do. Here's a note from Vision about where he wanted y'all to live for the rest of your lives and love each other forever. And then she blacks out. And when she wakes up, she accidentally enslaved a Midwestern town. That's hard. That's hard. I don't know... That is nowhere near the Midwest. I didn't know it was in Jersey. I don't give a fuck where it is. It was middle America. (laughs) They showed the sign so many times. I can't tell you the actual name of the town. Though. It's like Middleville. Westview. It's Westview. It's Westview. Yeah. So I remember the name of the town because it I just literally didn't matter what state it was in. By our powers combined, we know where a thing that doesn't exist is at. Right. So Westview. Like, yeah. So she accidentally mentally enslaved an entire town with her astronomical and incredible powers. Yeah. She really didn't mean to, except for a few things at the end. If you want to talk about... Oh, Villains, man. Villains are tough because the sword guy is just—I mean, fuck—he's he's a bad—he's a cop, and all cops are bad. So he's being a particularly bad cop. Darcy said it best at the end: "You're going to jail. We're literally never going to see anything about him. He was just right. yeah, yeah, a bad guy." Yeah, for so him. he was—he was a bad cop, and you know what? Cop, he was a bad cop in a time where 
We need to show that can cops I, are bad on TV. Can I <laughs> offer a different perspective to the panel? Yes. One of the things that we did as a ritual, uh, for those of you who obviously didn't get to watch WandaVision with us, is that uh, every week before we watch WandaVision, there is a particular YouTube creator called Im- Implicitly Pretentious. And he is a YouTuber who mm-hmm. specifically... YouTube name perfectly right. Yeah. yeah. And so this is a gentleman who um, talks about uh, trauma and uh, philosophy and mm-hmm. psychology, uh, psycholo- pop, and pop, pop, psychology and um, mostly he does Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. And so before every one division episode, we would watch the previous weeks. Instead of doing a recap, we'd watch his videos where he would discuss things like trauma and, and what the stages of, you know, going through what one is going through are. And he, yeah. cite, he cites sources. It's a very, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's really pretentious. It, it absolutely it, it, it's is. incredibly pretentious because he's always quoting the textbooks he's reading from and they are written very pretentiously because yeah. they're full philosophy books, psychoanalyzing heroes in literature. But what we got out of this, I think that was the most beneficial was we got a chance to dive into the motivations of our characters. And that's not something you always get when you're watching the show. You're like, why would someone do that? But you know, that that doesn't make sense. But when you see it through his perspective, you're like, of course they did that. So that's perfectly in line with who they are. Watching these videos with y'all and then watching WandaVision together and then discussing WandaVision together and then doing a fucking podcast where we're talking about (laughs) WandaVision. When I asked the question, who is the real villain of WandaVision? um, It's easy to point one way or the other and say like, oh, it's this guy or it was this or it's Wanda. Um, I honestly, after I wrote the question and I sat there and I thought about it for a while, I honestly think the villain of WandaVision is grief. Mm. Oh, yeah. That is the I mean, thing that that looms well, over well, the show. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're t- in particularly asking for, like, a person, no, there's no one villain. Mm. There's an overarching story that is of her grief, but... As in villainy, yeah, the sword guy did some villainous shit. And the reason I say grief is the villain is that be, is that grief is the thing that she has to overcome. Grief. For sure. And grief is the thing that nearly, that, that everyone is playing some part in. I mean, uh, Monica's obviously still dealing with the fact that her mom is gone and was, was died while she was blipped. Um, I wonder what's going to happen to those two bullets that are still inside of her that, at the end of the last episode, and then she just reformed, it, and I, I don't know what they happened. Went, they went those. through her. They went through her. Yeah. yeah, yeah did you, they go all the way through yeah, her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you must have looked down I and remem- take a note. Yeah, I probably yeah. took a note. I just remember they went... Yeah. No, they and then yeah. I don't remember what happened. No, yeah, absolutely. That's okay, the cool. super-duper the thing <laughs> that... You yeah, know, that's the main myth of the... So here's my final analogy on the true villain, and just because I really do have to rope politics into everything I talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. The actual, we are not a political podcast. The actual real villain of this was Agatha, and let me tell you why. All right. Because, tell me why. And this is tell the thing why. that bothered me the most about all of this, is because you have Wanda accidentally enslaving Westview, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and everyone inside of it feels her pain, her suffering, their mirrors of her of her grief, and they're all just behaving the way that she's brainwashed them into while still experiencing the fact that they can't control their own bodies and minds. Horrible, horrible Every thing. one of them is an aspect of her own personality and right. her grieving process. And now, being another very, very high-level magic user, one high-level enough to walk up to this and think... Not, oh, fuck, I am out, but ooh, gimme, mm-hmm. walks inside, looks around and goes, oh, this is fine. How can I take advantage of this? And Agatha is our Literally. own modern understanding 
of a billionaire. <laughs> that is she true. She walks in looking at all this stuff around her and goes, wow, this is really causing a ton of suffering. How do I get in on this action? Right. What is the maximum <laughs> yes. profit that I can make? How much can I, can I take it all? Can mm-hmm. I not only have all these people continue suffering, but make the person making them suffer suffer too? That yeah. way I can have all their shit. That way I can be the, at the top and everyone under me just suffers more. Mm-hmm. And th- that seems like a fair trade, everyone, right? Yeah. I mean, I, the, that's the deal she was going to make, right? Like you can keep the tax and enslaved people right i just, just want give me power. your power yeah. yeah and i think that's really cool that we got an episode or at least part an episode about agatha and her history so we could see that she is so power hungry mm-hmm. that she will literally kill her own mother and the, her family and her friends mm-hmm. just to keep gaining that type of power mm-hmm. and they played it off comedically to some degree but that's the person you're dealing with I mean, but if you're talking about the Scarlet Witch who right. just watched her husband die twice and is now enslaving a town, this woman has killed her entire family and is going, I am a fucking magic leech and has been manipulating her this entire time. It was played kind of nicely based on the idea of what you're actually happening here. Like, right. I mean, minus the fact that Scarlet Witch's pirate power is mind rape. So that's also not good either. Um, we'll, we'll call it something else yeah but mm. that, that's what it is yeah the the, te- <laughs> the telepathic manipulation that she does i mean honestly it, none of these people asked for that right? no it, no it absolutely is, it is not an, it, it's all incredibly invasion. what yeah very invasive it, it's invasive wow, that brings a whole different thing all right so joss whedon with um, did ultron to uh, uh, right mm. i heard he did, whole, i heard he did do ultron by yeah, yeah there was a whole scene with thor that got cut away about this guy who got trapped in his mental ward by this woman and Makes so much more sense now, Joss. <laughs> so much more sense. So, I, I, so I'm gonna still probably die on my hill that I think that her grief is the real villain. But well, I, yeah. I appreciate all opinions at the table. Obviously, um, so let's bring the last question to light here, which is the post-credit scenes. Right? Let's talk about those. The fact that like the entire time we just keep watching the credits, we watch, and the last episode's credits are just essentially post-credits. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, the, like, the, we, the, didn't do, we didn't do this for eight there. episodes, guys. Cram them all in there. Yeah, 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 get them in. Get them in. Um, so, first post-credit scene. Uh, yeah, that, that was the one I was really looking forward to. Uh, the first one was the... It was Rambo sc- and yeah, the, the scroll. scroll. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. an entire plot line that I'm really looking forward to. I'm yes. hoping that it's Captain Marvel 2 related and I'm expecting it. Where else would it go? Yeah. I just need more fury. I'm so, I was so sad that we didn't really get any fury in Endgame. And like, yeah, he's in space or something. I, I don't know so, what's going on So one on of there. our listeners, Jack, had a really dark theory. Like, this is a super dark. I, and I, I'm, I I'm, and I'm, call, I'm calling you out on this, Jack. It's super dark. He was like, what if, um, oh, I can't remember her name now. The actress or the character, mm. um, or... the one, the one whose mother died, uh, is it Rambo? It's, it's Rambo, Rambo, yeah. Rambo, okay, Rambo's Rambo's Rambo, Rambo, mom or yeah. Rambo daughter? Rambo daughter. Um, so Thank Rambo you. daughter, obviously, mom died of cancer, mm-hmm. and Jack's theory was like, what if her mom died because Captain Marvel showed up and had radiation on her, and that's what killed. Like her mother, like, like, that's why the cosmic radiation of her being exposed to whatever cube. Right. No, she would have gotten fucking stupid magical it's, it's powers. Fine, it's fine. It's just fine. like it's his fuck her. Like yeah, his yeah. Daughter. No, no. no her name's Monica. So that's here's the thing. Yeah, this yeah. is literally Mon- a plot point from what from the Watchmen, mm. and it, it's it's fake there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, so that was that, a dark that, that theory. Is, that, yeah. was a, that was a dark theory. Let, let, let me put reason, it this way. The, let me put it the way Wanda put it. It's not that kind of show, right? Yeah. I see that. So, but, 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 but. One of the things that I was thinking about is that I was like Jack. I was like Jack might be onto something, but mm. not in the way that he presented it. Because he presented it as Captain Marvel showed up, mm-hmm. and by beer, like, her presence, by her made presence, cosmic radiation made, gave her cancer, cancer over time, right. and now she did. What if I, I was thinking to myself, but this is a good theory. But what if it's more innocent than that? What if Captain Marvel shows up, is around her mother? And we know for a fact that her mother worked for S.W.O.R.D. when it was called something else. Right? Right. When it was actually, the, the, the terminology for S.W.O.R.D. is meant to be in space. Mm-hmm. So what if her pilot mom decided she wanted to start traveling further and further into space, in which there are um, uh, you know, cosmic radiation. Cosmic rage, so it yeah. wasn't directly Captain Marvel's fault, but that's maybe nope, why she resents so Captain Marvel. No, every time anyone is exposed to cosmic rays in space, they get superpowers. Uh, ben Grimm, Fantastic Four, all okay. of that bullshit. If you're in space, right. you get fan- no one gets cancer in Marvel. I'm okay. sorry. So let's let's get. Don't. I'm going to get Tony off the box then. Tony off the box. We're, we're we're talking rumor and speculation here. Let's bring it back to Wandavision. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reveal of the scroll saying like Captain Marvel's looking for you. No, uh, I don't think that's what it was. You don't think it was? Because no. that, that was the impression I got was that Captain Marvel's waiting for you. As a friend of your mother's, obviously, yes, she's talking about Captain Marvel. But at the, the end credits for Captain Marvel are literally Nick Fury not being able to find his shoes on a space station looking down at a planet surrounded by Skrull. Mm-hmm. And then the Skrull walks in and wants to talk to Monica. And he's like, hey, an old friend of your mom's wants to talk to us. Oh, so you think it's Fury. I yeah, think it's, it's Fury. Fury. That's oh. why I said what I said at the beginning. We got no fury in Endgame, not really, except at the very end in the funeral scene when everyone came right. back. And like, we need some fury. Right. And it is known that Samuel Jackson is becoming a larger part of the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. even with COVID and everything. And honestly, that's I think a question or a statement that we need to talk about mm. is the COVID of. It the all. universe, because we haven't gotten any of the movies. We were supposed to have had them. Mm-hmm. Yep. We would have already had Scarlet Wi- or, uh, Black Widow. Black, Black Widow. Widow. Sorry, I'm still on WandaVision. Yeah. We would have had colors. We'd have had not the red We'd have had three movies last year, and we'd be well on our way into be, our second. We'd be right balls now. deep in the Eternals right now. In 2021. Yeah, yeah we would oh, have yeah. Uh, November. No, yeah. Either way, whatever that timeline was, we're not in that timeline. We're in the timeline where we didn't go to movie theaters for a while and we got a television show. And honestly, I think a television show about television shows is the best way to get people back invested in the Marvel Universe. Absolutely. With two characters that obviously you can watch the entire thing, how much they love each other. Mm -hmm. Even plot holes or ridiculous fucking Marvel bullshit aside, the acting was well done. Mm -hmm. The characters, cool, fine, yeah. You could see that this was a way to reintroduce the audience and start something new. Yeah. And I believe that we're going to get that. And I hope that the movies that we didn't get were able to get slightly modified to fix this new timeline that we're in. Because I don't really want to feel like I'm squished into this weird post-COVID, let's jam all these fucking movies in time. Right. No, but I want yeah. to piggyback on that. Because, um, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We didn't get all the movies. And when we did, like, Disney Plus released The Mandalorian and then season two. And everyone's like, oh, my God, we can do Star Wars TV. And you can do it really well when you're fucking Fellini and John John Favreau. Favreau. I mean, fuck. Like, if Fellini and Favreau can do 
whatever they want. Of course, you said Fellini, and that's the perfect. I did. Yeah, I, I think that that's and a, that's and very, the Italian that's a very good director. And, yes, and no, Pedro sure. Pascal can just do anything. Yes, and Pedro Pascal, please act in in all the stuff. I'll keep watching it. But that being said, we have no idea if the Mandalorian is a fluke of Star Wars television or the bar. We don't know what any more mm-hmm. other Star Wars television will be. Um, we have had. Probably at this point, over a decade of Marvel television in live action mm-hmm. post Iron Man, right? The 2008 Iron Man. So you're specifically speaking to the. Defenders I'm talking about and- the difference between Marvel television and Star Wars television because mm-hmm. Star Wars television right now is a fluke. Mm-hmm. What we've been doing through Agents of Shield and Agent Carter and the entire Netflix series of shows, five shows, six shows mm-hmm. that we went through with those. And all having their flaws and some being really schlocky and some being definitely not up to Marvel Studios quality and definitely not up to Disney quality. What we now have is MCU television that people are ready to fucking sit down for and talk about. Mm-hmm. That's something we've never had before. Not even really sure. with the Marvel with the with the Netflix stuff. I would say that people got excited about They did that. and they had their diehard fans, but also it suffered from the Netflix uh binge watch and people weren't talking right. about we, it after the we, weekend. Right. We watched it all on Friday. We talked about it. On Monday we all say, "Hey, we saw it." Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that was it. And then that was every it. Every single podcast that we've done every season that aired for every single one of those shows mm-hmm. We came on and went, so what'd you do this week? I watched I this. watched Daredevil season one. What the fuck do you think and I did? Like, and it was How great. do you like it? I liked it. What do you like about it? That's a spoiler. And right. then that's the end of it. Yeah. But you would say at the time after Daredevil season one, it's the best Marvel TV we've ever seen. Yeah, it's sure. fantastic. Mm-hmm. It really captures the character. And obviously we still know now that it had its flaws. The episodes were too long and the seasons were too long. And that really made the show Dragon Places. It's what we have from the, the old reason TV syndrome right and the reason i'm saying this is because it's not just because we didn't really have any like top bra- top brass like marvel television but because wandavision could not have been a movie mm-hmm. ever in a million years could wandavision have been a movie i would not have wanted it i would not want them to tell that story they took the medium they were in the working movie in format. And, they, and they made something with that when I say right earlier, and, and the thing they is made that a comic book is every single episode is an issue right they and the thing is, is that story arc comic books okay. way more than movies than than endgame and then the age of ultron comic books way more are stories like wandavision yeah. And if we can keep doing them in TV, we can untap so much potential content. Mm-hmm. And the kind of content that we've all been talking about since we saw Iron Man in 2008. Yeah. So I, I, I think I think we might be right on the brink of like a, a really big one. All right. So we've had a big giant discussion about WandaVision here. Just as we wrap this whole thing up, I want to give everybody a chance to give a couple sentences. Final thoughts about WandaVision now that it's over. We're all a little bit silent because we you know we're thinking about it at the exact mm-hmm, moment. Sure. So I'm just going to keep speaking until an idea <laughs> comes to my mind, like I was doing earlier. Appreciate, but it's it's really my hard. Fi- uh, okay. my, I was going to say my final thoughts about Wandavision at this point is I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I talked earlier about like some of its flaws, some of its pros, some of its yeah. Everything is created as flawed, but this showed me how television should evolve. When we specifically t- pointed out the Marvel shows on Netflix, mm-hmm. how they were an hour long and they had kind of these commercial break aspect to the way that they were treated, leaving you hanging from moment to moment. You didn't quite get that as much with WandaVision as we're exploring the way we're telling stories between television and film. You notice the episodes got longer as they went on. They became more cinematic, literally changing scope mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah, They were enhancing, the, they were changing 
from television to film and for and showing you that and when we are now being able to bridge te- film and television truly not in an agents of shield way with lady sif showing up and right. then you know she was great in the last thor movie that she wasn't in at all right uh, this is the type of storytelling that we need going further mm-hmm. we don't need i love the episodic nature of something like stranger things mm-hmm. whenever it ends on this like what the fuck because you're probably tired and want to go to sleep and that was a lot <laughs> wandavision knew at the beginning it's like yeah this is like 30 minutes people are going to watch 30 minutes and then 30 and then 40 and then at the end if you binge watch this you just went through a fucking emotional journey of a movie mm-hmm. but the way it was presented to us was a new way of showing television how it can go between a cinematic experience and a television experience all in the same place hopefully telling a good story and hopefully presenting it well. And I think they did a good job showing us something that we've wanted for a very long time and have yet to experience. Okay. Yeah. Hector, um, what are your final thoughts about WandaVision? Uh, coming on the back of what Tony said, I want to, um, final thoughts on WandaVision have to be that the show, much like, all of the rest of the MCU really stuck the landing for me. The show started off with a lot of really weird concepts, you know, and it started off very abstract, very abstract and very confusing to the audience, pretty much on purpose. There's a reason exactly the first like her mental state. Yeah, there's she a reason the oldest, safest, the first two did. episodes uh, aired back to back is because we really needed those two yeah. to, 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 yeah. to be like. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Because just the first episode would have been weird as shit. But anyway, um, at the end, we really get we get Vision having a conversation with himself, trying to explain what the fuck is going on. The final and confrontation of Vision is literally a philosophical philosophical debate between his two sides. That's right, and it, and, it, and it's all about them just well, trying the to comprehend versus the memory of self. It's right? them trying to comprehend the, the 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 story of the ship of Theseus and basically trying to figure out what each of them is without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Wanda trying to basically compartmentalize her trauma and her grief into places where she can still deal with it without killing everyone. Um, everyone got to grow. Everyone had a moment, even characters that may not have actually existed. And when it stuck the landing and when the show was over and it left us wanting a little more, I mean... That's that's fucking good storytelling. It's just good fucking TV Yeah, right it's there. just real good fucking TV. So... Yeah, that was my final thoughts on WandaVision. Give me more stuff like that. Yeah, everything that I saw about WandaVision, I absolutely loved. Uh, I was addicted week to week getting to come over. There was a couple weeks, obviously, that, mm-hmm. we, that we missed that we had to make up for. Well, there was the there's snowpocalypse. There snowpocalypse yeah. and a lot of things like that. There's, but, there's a few minor inconveniences that happened in Austin along the way. Yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those things that I looked... It was something that I not... I always look forward to like watching something on Friday nights with y'all because that is our ritual. Yeah. But having WandaVision... Like it, it made me just a little bit happier. Like I had a mm-hmm. little bit more of a smile on my face. Where at the end of the workday, I'd be like, "Hey, Hector, in like thirty minutes, we get to go watch Wandavision." It's like, fuck and yeah. it was like it was a great communal activity that we had. And like, oh, what are we gonna make for dinner tonight? And and just it again brought back that TGIF okay. kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. One day, Alamo Draft House, <laughs> rest in peace. Slash, please, please keep existing. Yeah, 
will bring back their Alamo Pass, and you'll be able to oh, join God. Hector and I on our wonderful <laughs> journey throughout the week of what are you doing? Of the weird ass movies. What are you doing? I'm going to watch this weird fucking movie on right. Thursday. So, um, for for one division's sake, um, I'm glad that it was only the number of episodes that it was. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which oh, yeah. is next week, I believe. Yeah, correct. Yeah, not the- not tomorrow Friday, but next week Friday. Yeah. So, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier next week. So mm-hmm. we have that going for us. It's going to be a very different show. That being said. Uh, one of the things that I, I know I touched on this earlier, but kind of my final thoughts about WandaVision is I really, really loved that we got a nine episode show that not only gave us a new superhero's origin story with Monica Rambo, mm-hmm. but also we got a nine episode show that was just about love. Yeah. Like the MCU said, you know, we haven't done romance really. Mm-hmm. We're going to do nine episodes of romance. And they did it so well and so in a, such a thought provoking way, in a way that pulls at your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every episode or, or every other episode of WandaVision does tackle a different stage of grief for Wanda. If you go back and watch it, like mm-hmm. they do tackle all the different stages of grief. And in the end, like watching her in the cabin where she's all powered up and all of that. It was cool to see because that's that's leading into Doctor Strange too. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, like I got to that point and I was like, honestly, and maybe this is unpopular opinion, I don't even know if I needed that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I needed that last scene because at that point, I just wanted for I just wanted Wanda to have like five minutes of peace. Yeah, like, holy fucking see, shit! That she is right now. They showed you that. That she is in the cabin, at peace, learning, and enjoying herself. She's drinking her coffee. She's sitting there in her cabin. Right, but then she heard her children's voices. Just give me a fucking second, all right? (laughs) I'm I'm going somewhere. That's where it was kind of ending, so... (laughs) Coffee, cabin. She's enjoying herself. She's relaxing. The time... She's finally accepted that Vision's death. Maybe she's met new white Vision slash really needs a body paint because that's a gross color. Like just pure white. Yeah. Gross. yeah like, yeah. like take him in. Pepper will fix him up. Very she's still got all the wrong. Yeah. Pure white's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, we needed that allusion to the next film, mm-hmm. which at this time I think would have been. Doctor Strange, Strange, but we're not getting Doctor Strange. So this is a really fun long play for me. Yeah, I need to say while we're wrapping up that I cannot wait to see her interacting with with Doctor Strange. That'll be cool. I think that at the end of it, that's showing up. That's the Bruce Banner in the woods scene. That's that's where we're going to get. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to come to her and or she's going to have to leave because she heard the screaming Mm -hmm. and she's either going to bounce the fuck out of a cool place or someone's going to show up and be like, like Black Widow and be like, you need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> like I'm expecting Doctor Strange to show me like, you need to calm the fuck down. Or you're going to blow this fucking place up. You didn't read this book yet. And just like throws it at her. That, <laughs> Listen, that's where I here's went. a book and here's Beyonce on MP3. <laughs> yep. Please just check yourself. Like five fucking seconds. Girl. Yeah. Hang on. No, I am actually deleting are. single ladies. That one might be, you might be a little sensitive to that. Right. Her kids, her kids are super important to her, even though they are completely figments of her imagination. Yeah. Because they couldn't do the devil storyline, and that's a whole blah. Yeah. All right. I think that we've Blinding. talked at length about WandaVision at this point. Mm. It actually has run, the, it is the longest section of our show. <laughs> um, that is everything that we have for the show this week. 
Uh, if you have any thoughts about WandaVision, any theories, please give them to us. Tony, where can they reach out to us and give us their WandaVision theories? Uh, Facebook.com slash the Surly Nerd. Patreon.com slash the Surly Nerd is the one I should have started with. So we'll just forget that I said Facebook.com and we'll just <laughs> go Patreon one instead. Uh, Twitter's at the Surly Nerd. Info at the Surly Nerd.com. Surly Nerd.com. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. All right. That's everything we have for the show this week. Thanks to, to all of our listeners who tune in every week. We do really do appreciate every single one of you. Uh, shout out to everybody on Twitch. You guys really make our day when you're just sitting there chatting it up the whole time while we're doing this show. We appreciate all of you as well. I wish uh, I could read backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, for Tony, this is James. For James, this is Tony. And I'm Hector. Adventures, good night. And good game.